look to the side right here and I noticed that I, I forgot my Pokemon cards here. Mm -hmm. I brought I what, I brought them like a couple months ago, right? Because I wanted to show you like which ones were like the coolest ones I had, or I think it was to teach you how to play the game. But remembering how like during that peak of the pandemic, like those things just shot through the roof in terms of like value. Yeah, if you guys could, if you guys could look at the the set that he has, it's it's a box. It's a one foot by one foot box cube, yeah. cube yeah and it's just full of pokemon cards Stat. and they even spill out of the box that's true that is true but like i think about like all the cards i used to have when i was younger like i don't have the same ones anymore but i used to have cards that like now if they were still in good condition i still had them mm -hmm. probably would have been worth a nice small fortune right now like i think i i remember i had a i never had a charizard so that's out of the picture i never had a charizard card so even when i was a kid those were hard to find but i had a i had a holographic nido king which is like one of like the early like the first edition like cards and like a, a perfect a psa of 10 which is like the rating a psa of 10 for like a good nido, nido king is like easily like two thousand dollars and that would have been but then like also little me as a kid like i used to put my cards and just stuff them in my pockets and get all bent and like the corners were all like frayed and stuff so like mm -hmm. i never took good care of my cards anyways but just thinking about it like like what like what are the things that you had as a kid that you wish either for your like sentimental wise or value wise that you wish you had kept to this to this day they like still retain either Emotional value, personal value, or actual monetary value? Like my little kid toys? Yeah. Dude, I have a ton of those. Um, um I, will, I will... I got a ton. Some of the stuff I have that has some amount of value is, like, my cassettes, right? I still have some of the uh, VHSs. Oh, have... dude, you know those Disney ones that comes in the white, puffy VHS cases? Yeah. Like, the, that plastic, like, styrofoam, whatever, like, puffy cases? Uh-huh. If you can, if you have some of those original ones with the boxes and the cassettes, like they're worth a nice a nice amount right now. Like there's a lot of like nostalgic like Disney collectors mm -hmm. who want those old school like white cassette cases with the actual like movie in them. Hmm. So I don't know if you have any of those. I don't, I thought I did. I I checked recently. And I don't have any more. I don't. I was surprised. If if you go out here and look into this closet, mm -hmm. uh, we have like a three by two section where it's a ton of cassettes that we have. And I was digging through it, and some of the cassettes that I have are, I have Top Gun, which I fucking absolutely love because yes. it just came out, right? Maverick, yeah. yeah so yeah. I have it with the, uh, the cardboard OG. cover. That's I dope. Have, That's uh, dope. Episode one for Star Wars. Okay. I've got oh man, what's the other one? Um, I have Batman from from the nineties. Which Batman? The bat? The, like the first one? The, the uh, Val Kilmer. Oh, okay. Batman Robin, probably. Yeah. Uh, or Batman Returns. Yeah. Um, dude, it, it's odd, but when I saw... Um, I forgot. What's her name? Um, Nicole Kidman? Nicole Kidman. I figured it was her. Okay, so when Batman I, Returns. When I first saw her as a little kid, that's when I was like, what is this feeling now? Something what, awoke. What am I feeling right now? Oh, something awoke inside of you. Yeah. Uh, she was super attractive in that film. Uh, so I've got the cassettes. Uh, what do you What do you got? I don't have any cassettes. Uh, I mean, just other than the Pokemon cards, I think one of the things. Oh, actually, eh, it wouldn't make much sense, but I wish I still had the my original Pokemon Blue cartridge for Game Boy, mm -hmm. but like in good condition, like not like the stickers like peeled off already, and like 
the cart has like like smudges from like pens or ink or something. But like if you could have one of those like in pristine condition, like those are worth like probably like around four hundred, five hundred dollars. Have you been able to keep most of your video game stuff? How far back do you have that? Um well I still have Pokemon Blue, right? So that's like one that's like the first Game Boy game I bought myself when I was like maybe ten. I, th- I the first video game thing I owned was the Super Nintendo with Killer Instinct. That we gave that away when I got the N sixty four, which I'm still bitter about. We gave that to my cousins who definitely don't have it anymore. What cousin? Uh, on my mom's side. side. Yeah, on my mom's side. Uh, I think the earliest video game thing I still own would probably be Pokemon Blue. No, yeah, for sure. That's like the earliest thing I own gaming-wise. So at least 20 years ago. Maybe maybe Super Mario 64. Uh-huh. But I don't remember which of those came first for me. Yeah. So I would have to go do some kind of chronology or something to know for sure. But those are like my earliest video game possessions that I still have. Yeah, we're looking at 20 years or so. Yeah, plus. Um, I, I really wish I would have kept all my console stuff. Uh, I remember my brother one time was like, do you want this shit? And it was that right there. The PS2? The the baby PS2, which is probably my favorite console design. One of my favorites. Oh, the Slim. Okay. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Slim. Uh-huh. Uh, I gutted it. I don't know why I gutted it. I was going to use it as like a piggy bank or something. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stupid idea. <laughs> I took I, I took all the parts and I was like, yeah, whatever. I st- you just threw them away. Yeah, um, uh, it didn't work though. I remember when you guys got that too. I remember because like we lived in the old house in Norwalk, uh-huh. and I don't know what happened to your previous PS2, but it was still under warranty. I think you guys had it, right. You returned to GameStop and you're like, oh, like we're here to for like swap it, exchange it for a new PS2. And I'm like, oh, we don't have any of the old ones, but we have like the new slim model. Was that? That's yes. what Josie told me. That's what your brother told me. All right. The, the old one messed up or something was wrong with the disc tray or something was going on. Uh-huh. And it was still under warranty for like a replacement. Yeah. Because, like, you know, when you buy stuff from GameStop, you get like, you can get like, you can pay for like the the warranty, the extended warranty. And instead of giving you guys the old one, they just gave you one of the newer slim ones. And Yeah, this is one of the few that, that made it because I think we had maybe two or three PS1s. And then we had the two PS2s, mm-hmm. one PS3, one PS4, and eventually PS5. Uh, but I wish I would have kept at least one of those, you know? Did you I have I kept the games, everything. The controls. Did you have, like, any old toys, though? Like, because I remember growing up, you guys had micro machines. You had Hot Wheels. Okay, so some of my favorite ones for those. Um, you had a Batmobile, Hot Wheel. I remember that. First, I didn't have too many, but I had a couple Ninja Turtles. The action figures. From, like, the cartoon or from the movies? Or, like, what were they tied to? Well, remember? they look like... I mean, it's all the same to me. Okay. But they were the action figures. Okay. Uh, I don't know if they're connected. It's just the franchise, right? Right. Uh, my cousin but there's, was, like, different iterations, right? There's different, like, lines, I guess you could say. I don't know what line it was. Okay. But I remember my cousin Jeremy had a ton of them, dude. But he mm-hmm. had Rocksteady. He had Bebop. He had the whole-ass van for Ninja Turtles. The turtle? The van? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was a little envious of that. It looks like the like the BMW like the like the beach going van kind of thing, so, uh, the cruiser. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there was that. I I'm sorry, Volkswagen. I'm doing Volkswagen. There's really no way I would have kept this as a kid, but the Ninja Turtle pies, the ones with the green nose. Oh, that's gross. I fucking love them. No, you know what that does remind me of? I uh, wish I had kept more of the cases and like the the boxes for my hardware. Like for like, I don't have the PS2 box anymore. I think the whole box, the actual box that came in, yeah. Because I still have my 3DS box. I have my PS4 one. I have my PS5 box. I 
I had the PS3 one for a few years, and I think I finally got rid of it, like, in 2010 or 11. But, like, I feel like some of those boxes, even on their own, even on their own, are still, like, valuable. How much? Not a lot, like, 100 or something, like, around there. That's still something. And, like, sometimes they have sentimental value. Like, I wish I kept my PS2 box. The whole ass box? Yes. But, like, I know as a kid, my parents probably wouldn't have let me, like, keep a box. Nowadays, I would have kept the box. But back then, if I thought about keeping it, I just would have cut out the front part. Just the front cover of the of the box. Oh, just to get the, the yeah, system. Yeah, it's, it's a little space, dude. Yeah. Useless uh, space. So there's that. They also, for, like, for example, I had a lot of Game Boy Advance games. And, like, those come in cardboard boxes. So, like, you just throw them away. Because they're not, like, the plastic cases, right? Like, CDs. Mm-hmm. Like, I only kept the disc... I only kept like the cases for PS2 games because the discs on their own are vulnerable, right? Like just laying around. Yeah. Whereas with cartridges, cartridges, you don't really need the case because cartridges are kind of like protective on their own. Yeah. So I got rid of a lot of like my Game Boy Advance, uh, my N64 boxes, Game Boy boxes. I got rid of a lot of that stuff and it's like, man, like that would have been so cool if I just kept those because like they're collectible now. It's like, but like that, those aren't really toys, but there's something I regret throwing away because I, back then I didn't have the hindsight to know like it would be cool later. I've got two more that I, that I remember. This wasn't video game related, but I remember I had this uh, Tonka truck. It was this, Tonka. It was this mat. It was the size of the table, pretty much. Tonka. Or at least for a kid, maybe it was a little bigger than your laptop. Okay. But it was this OG Tonka trucks that was all metal with the rubber tires. It was super authentic. I think I had one of those too, honestly. And then, what you do with it? I had one where it was like. Um, you know how it has, like, some of those trucks have that bed thing that you lift and it pours out dirt? I was like, yep. I had one like that, but I would sit in it. Okay. It was big. I was small enough where I could sit in it. Yeah. And I would just pedal with my feet. So I would sit on the back of the truck mm-hmm. and I would push with my feet and, like, ride around my grandpa's yard, like, backyard with that thing. Oh, it was metal, too? It was metal. Yeah, the Damn. bed, the bed, whatever you call it, like, the thing that, like, held the dirt, whatever, mm-hmm. was metal. I don't remember if the wheels were metal, but I know that the bed was metal because I remember sitting in that thing. Because it wasn't plastic. Otherwise, it would have broke, I think. Yeah. But it was metal. And so, like, it's like that rectangular bed for, like, you know, for, like, carry, like, dirt and, like, crap and that. Yeah. And I would sit in it. It was big enough for me to sit on. I would sit, like, a, like a metal seat, and I would just, like, kick with my feet, and that's how I would play, like, as a kid, like a four-year-old. I would just kick. To me, that's worth mentioning because, of course, today, if you went to Walmart or something, it'd be just plastic. Oh, right? yeah. They don't make those metal, like, yeah. toys anymore. So, I had that metal truck, and I loved it. And then, uh, one day, uh, my brother, my mother, and my dad, we all went to the beach, and my dad was being a jerk. Oh. And uh, he took the truck. Don't to tell the- me. He threw it in the sea. He started driving it into the ocean. What? And then my mother was like, what are you doing? Like, give give him his truck. Like, what are you doing? And then he kept pushing it. And then I, it just gradually just disappeared. Why would he do that? I don't that? fucking know. He was fucking being a jackass. This is like some kind of like fever dream kind of thing? Just fucking random shit my dad would do. Do you remember how old you were when that happened? I don't recall, dude. I don't recall. Was Josie born yet or no? I don't... No, because I, I know the story. Like, I remember... Your mom remembers the story? She well, like, she fucking remembers it. She fucking hated that moment. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's how I lost my Tonka truck. It's probably <laughs> like 30 miles in the ocean now. Yeah, that's probably... That's that's in Asia now. It, it landed in Asia. Yeah, probably made <laughs> well, it. it was metal, right? It yeah. probably, it's probably at the bottom of the ocean then. Yeah. In the Mariana Trench or something. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason we started this conversation is because we were uh, discussing Nikes. 
And then I oh. mentioned, and then I mentioned, uh, Reebok has a promotion with Jurassic Park. Uh, there's one set of shoes that looks actually decent from Jurassic Park and Reebok, but that brings me to my the last toy I remember. And that last toy, probably one of my favorite all time toys, and it was one of the simplest thing, not even a toy. It was the Jurassic Park watch, and it was the watch with the eyelid with the eye slit in it. Okay. And you move it, and it's holographic. <laughs> and they sold it. I think they sold it at McDonald's. Dude, I it had... came in set of four. I, okay, that sounds about right, because I had something similar, but it was, it was from Taco Bell, and it was the episode one Darth Maul watch. I had a Darth Maul watch, because Taco Bell was doing a... I think it was Taco... Maybe it was McDonald's, actually. I don't remember. One of them, too. Back when they still did promotional things, like, they don't do that anymore. But when they used to do those promotional items, like... I remember, I, I don't remember if I was talking about McDonald's, but they sold, like, episode one Star Wars, like, watches. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones that I got, like, there was, like, an Obi-Wan, there was a Yoda, there was an Anakin, and there was a Darth Maul one. And the Darth Maul one was the one I got. So what is it? Like, the helmet, the face? It was the face, like, Darth Maul's face, and then you flip his face over, and there's, like, the actual watch face underneath. Oh, so they all flap? So okay. it was a flap, like, his face was covering the watch, like, all his right. head. And then you pull back on the head, and there's like the actual watch face on the inside. But it was digital; it was a digital watch. Yeah. It wasn't like an actual like mechanical watch. It was digital with a little like little like a little bezel, and like just showing you the time with like a digital clock kind of thing. Yeah, and talking about this, and it was so cool because I had that when I was like in third grade, and like I would show off my Darth Maul watch like where I was. That was so cool. Talking about this is also kind of sad to me because I feel like this these promotions don't happen all that often, right? They're just they don't not really as cool. do them anymore. I, I, you know, I still have one of the earliest, earlier than any video game I have, I have a glass mug from McDonald's for uh, Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Back when it was uh, the Riddler and um, and Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face. I still have one of the glass mugs that we bought from McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And that thing is ancient. That must have been like 1995 or something. So that's like one of those things I I still have because I told my mom like don't you dare get rid of that don't you dare throw that away yeah but things nowadays are either like some digital promotion or they're not like that tangible thing right yeah like, let's let's make a fucking watch with this character and we sold it to this like very accessible location like McDonald's right yeah so I mean can you think of anything that's like that no these days? I mean there's some companies that do like collaborations but like it's rare it's not really heavily advertised. And usually it's just the toys. I guess they're just the regular toys you get from regular fast food places. Yeah. I can't think of anything special. Anything like commemorative or like limited edition or something that wasn't like marketed as a toy. I can't think of anymore. So. All right. But anyways, Johnny. Well, let's get to it. This is not a nostalgia podcast. This is not a retro toys from the 90s podcast. This is the DualSense podcast where every week, starting now again, we come together to discuss video games and what we've been playing and video game news. And as always, I'm your host, Andrew Roscoe, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause, because he's always down for the cause, never down for the count, the unnecessary, the itchy one, the scratchy one, Johnny. Hey, now I got to explain this. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay, real quick, go ahead. Go off on a tangent. It's nothing. <laughs> I just, I was just cleaning, right? Doing laundry, and I... I have a memory foam mattress, and it has like this thing the that wraps around the mattress. It's like fiberglass, but not fiberglass. Yeah. So when you take it off, you you wash it, you throw it in the washer. But 
I I got lazy. So I let it dry and then I fell asleep, but I fell asleep on the mattress. And when you're on the fucking mattress, there's like this little fibrous thing, right? Mm-hmm. That gradually just comes off and then it sticks to your skin and, it and then it makes itchy. you itch. And I've taken two showers now and the shit just won't go away. And all day, Johnny's been, well, since I've been here, Johnny's been complaining, like, I'm itchy. I told I'm him because I, I said, hey, I'm going to be a little fidgety on the podcast. So, like, I'm itchy. I'm like, all right, I guess you're the itchy one. Yeah. So, anyways, Johnny, we have five stories to talk about from this past week, which is funny because I was concerned this was going to be a slow week, but like, all of these things happened like in the last two or three days. So, we've been very fortuitous in that in that regard. Let's start off with this article from IGN written by Ryan Dinsdale. I like that, Dinsdale. Sounds like. I'm not going to go on the tangent, but we've, we've had enough for this episode. It says, Marvel and EA signed three-game deal, starting with Iron Man. It says, Marvel has entered an agreement with FIFA and Battlefield publisher EA to make at least three action-adventure video games based on the Marvel comics. As reported by Bloomberg, this deal would begin with the previously announced Iron Man game from EA Motive, with all three games coming to console and PC. Though details about what's coming after Iron Man are still thin, each game will feature its own original story set in the Marvel Universe. Perhaps known more for its sports or traditional shooter games, EA is looking to increase its offerings with the Marvel deal. Quote, We have an intentional, deliberate strategy to have a balanced portfolio, end quote, said Chief Operating Officer Laura Meal. Quote, There will be Marvel fans who don't play other EA games, end quote. It's unclear if the second and third game will be centered on different Marvel characters like the Hulk or Thor, or if there'll be follow-ups to the Iron Man game. Similar to what Insomniac did with Spider-Man, its spin-off Miles Morales, an upcoming sequel, nothing about a release schedule or single versus multiplayer focus was mentioned either. Though we do know that EA Motive's Iron Man is a, quote, single-player action-adventure game, end quote. EA Motive is a developer behind the upcoming Dead Space remake, and has previously worked on the likes of Star Wars Squadrons, one of my favorite games of this past year. Well, Two years ago, actually. And Star Wars Battlefront 2. But we'll just have to wait and see which other studios are involved with the remaining two Marvel projects. So this is kind of interesting, Johnny, because I'm thinking about how Disney, who owns Star Wars and owns Marvel, like they just got out of the exclusivity deal with EA doing the Star Wars games. Now Star Wars is like on... Everybody's getting a piece of the Star Wars pie. But I guess their relationship is good enough where like they're okay with locking down three Marvel games with EA. First one being Iron Man. Not sure if the other two are going to be Iron Man or completely different, but I I find that interesting that they're like like we have a long enough like a, it's almost like when a fa- like a, par- a couple get divorced but like they're still on good terms. You know what mm-hmm. I mean kind of in a way sort of like it's a it's a it's a business relationship, right? It's not a romantic. This is a business relationship. But just because we've seen like how poorly they handled the Star Wars license, it's interesting that they're like, okay, like we'll let you try again with, but this time with Marvel, but not not for ten years, just for three games. Yeah, before it was an exclusivity deal, right? With, with where they could have that I particular IP with other studios. Yeah, at least not on console. I think they were able to get away with like mobile games that were not made by EA, but that's like a different thing. So, is there something you want them to work on? Uh, well, is there anything special about EA that they do right that you? What am I seeing? Yes, yes, because I'm thinking of how. Um, uh, quote me, correct me if I'm wrong. The the people who did uh, that game that did extremely bad that people compared it to Iron Man, and it sold completely, it sold really bad. I oh I cannot remember the name. 
It's like well, it's like a one one word game. Uh shoot. It's the one so I think was it BioWare who did it? Do you remember? They uh, did the Was it Bio Yes, it was BioWare, right? Who did that one game that sold really badly? It was kind of like an Iron Man clone. People say it looked like Iron Man where you were like the armors. That. BioWare? Yeah, was it Bio No, was it BioWare? I don't know. That doesn't sound right. Shoot, why can't I remember the name of the game? I it's mean, the one that did that people made fun of for the longest time. That it was like sold for like less than a dollar. I don't know. You where, you're, pause it? where you're playing with the armored suits. No, no, I'm not gonna pause this. I, I, why can I not remember the name? But like, because it was so bad. But people were saying like this would be. This feels like what Iron Man would would Anthem. feel like. Anthem. Thank you. That's right. Anthem. And Anthem was made by. It was EA. It, it, it was, was EA. Bioware. And it was Bioware. Okay, that's that's what I thought. Yes, exactly. It was Bioware. So they have EA. They have Bioware. They can do because Anthem from people. Well, people from what people had played of Anthem, they said this is what like an Iron Man game would be like because it feels a lot uh, like that. Okay. So I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but I think you asked me what kind of game would I want from them. I would want them to do a successful Anthem with Iron Man. Because if you've seen enough gameplay of Anthem, like each person has like their own mech suit, basically. And like the, they say that the flying controls were great, the the action was great. It's just that they did not support that game enough with like post like post game like content. Like mm-hmm. that was like the death kneel because like they really did not put anything into it past the bare minimum. Yeah. So if they could support that properly, I think they have the tools there to make a proper Iron Man. Well, game I mean, it should be easy if it's more of a a little more linear and just focused on one character versus Anthem having four characters. And it was supposed to be, I suppose, it was going to be always online type of game where they have to constantly do yeah. updates, new characters. And but this right. is, yeah, but this is a single player action adventure game. So that's, we'll, that's what I mean. Like, the focus it's Anthem, it's smaller not, so, scope. Yes. Yeah. It's much much more manageable. Yeah, you're right. So I would want something like that. I think they can do Iron Man properly given their past history with similar mechanics. As for the other two, um, I mean, we've been saying this for years. I want, give me a Punisher game. I think Punisher fits action adventure kind of in a way. Even though it, you could do shooter, but it would be a third-person shooter, so kind of like a, a Punisher game. Punisher game in the style of like Bayonetta or like Devil May Cry, where those are gun shooting, but they are not shooters, like because they're third-person action games. Okay. Like anything like Platinum Games has done with like, like you have Dante who has like the pistols and guns and stuff, but like it's still you wouldn't call that like a third-person shooter. You know what I mean? It's a very action-oriented like melee style game. I think I would want that for a Punisher. They probably won't do that, but how amazing would it be if it gave us like a proper Punisher game? Because we haven't had a proper Punisher game since like the original Xbox. Our cousin Ruben had the Punisher game on Xbox, and that game was really cool. It was a third-person shooter where you like clear levels, fighting against like the mafia or whatever. So arcade, and it, it was or... very, it was very, um, very Max Payne slash. All right. Thir- if you remember Thirteen, the game called Thirteen. If the blueprint is something like Max Payne, um, I'm down for that. For the Punisher, that would be cool. Yeah. They, I don't know what I would want for a third one. Those are, I guess, really Punisher is my main get is what I want them to do. Anything else they do outside of that would just be like, cool. Maybe Ghost Rider, like God of War style. That would be dope. Ghost Rider. But OG God of War, like with the chains, like not Leviathan Axe. All right. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Give us Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider hasn't had like a proper outing, I think. Imagine like an open world, like we had the motorcycle and then you're just like mailing the crap out of people with like using your pin and stare and your like your free flaming chains like and you're just like 
on the prowl and taking and like just kind of like a darker kind of marvel game like that those are yeah those so punisher ghost rider iron man those are my three i feel like ghost rider would be the toughest one to do properly yeah the narrative would be a little tough i'm sure that there's plenty of like back stories of ghost rider they could probably use for something something with mephisto i don't know mephisto i keep thinking days gone man because of the bike uh like the bike is your (laughs) but it's a cooler bike because at least with ghost rider the bike is like a character in in of itself like with the flames and everything yeah but if you could upgrade it like uh, days gone you could it just becomes more like demonic looking yeah 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 like you could upgrade the tires and then and what so instead of freakers instead of freakers you just have like ghouls ghouls or demons chasing you yeah that'd be cool but i feel like ghost rider has to be in, in a city of course right yeah. He's riding the damn bike up a building, that type of deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's much more urban. But he does have like rural stories too. That'd be though. awesome though. Like imagine riding a bike up a building and then you get to the top and it launches you and then you have some kind of like I don't know if this is part of his lore. That but, would be great for like a boss battle or something. But what would the bike do? Would it hover? Like Batman is great, right? You use your grapple and then you launch yourself and then you spread your bat wings, right? Mm-hmm. But how would how would Ghost Rider, do it, do it. Like, does I would, he just fly around? It would be cool if we could use it like for a boss battle. Like imagine like a large scale boss battle, and like you're riding up the side of the of the of a v- building, and then you jump off, use your chain to like grab the motorcycle, and then like slam the motorcycle into like a boss or something. I wouldn't treat my bike like that. Well, I mean, it's like a hell bike, whatever. I'm sure it can like be fixed. Or what something. if it does its own thing? Like it's your companion, and it's over there running. Like over the AI fuckers. runs it or something. Yeah, yeah, it's that just cool. running over enemies. That would be dope. All right. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Oh. I think it's interesting that they're like, they recognize that like, hey, like you guys fumbled the ball with Star Wars, but like they must see something here, no, but right? They, but they uh, released a Jedi Fallen Order. True, true. So there's, there's. I really like that game. So there's some goodwill still there is what I'm saying. Like it seems like there's still some goodwill between Disney. I, I guess this would be Disney Interactive, like that subcategory of Disney mm-hmm. still willing to work with EA. So. But, I think that's I think that says something. That's all. But that was I think it was Dice, right? That made Jedi Fallen Order. No, that was Respawn. Respawn. Who did uh, Titanfall? Okay. Yeah. So was there any mention of what studios in EA? Mm, EA was it Motive? Okay, so the Iron Man game is coming from EA Motive, and the EA Motive did the uh, they did uh, Squadrons and the Dead Space remake that's coming out. So that's that's I think those are good. Uh, I really love Squadrons, and I Battlefronts Battlefronts all right, and the Dead Space remake looks pretty good. So they, I think for the most part, like this isn't like a B tier team is what I'm saying. Like this is like like EA sending their best basically. I mean, the only thing they can really put their faith on is because of Jedi Fallen Order. Like, yeah, but that's Dead respawn. Space... That's a different that's a different subsidiary of EA. So. Although I, I would want Respawn to work on at least one of the other Marvel games, at least. I don't know how, in what capacity, like because they've done Jedi Fallen Order and Titanfall. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of those two translate directly to Marvel, maybe. Maybe another Iron... I could see Titanfall experience being useful for Iron Man if there's like an Iron Man, like the Buster, like the Hulkbuster. Oh, he's fighting Max. They already yeah. have that, that blueprint there. Yeah, yeah, the Hulkbuster there or something. Things to think about, so... Anyways, that's where we're at with that. Uh, next article comes from Forbes, written by Paul Tassi. He's like their main like video game contributor over there. It says, Xbox now says it will have to increase prices. But to what? So this is funny, John, because you remember like 
maybe two months ago, maybe a month ago even. Yeah, was. Xbox was kind of bragging how like they're not going to raise their prices like PlayStation did. Were they explicit in saying that? Yeah, they said, "Oh yeah, oh like we're not gonna, we don't, see, we don't have any current plans to raise any prices." Like in, in like, like oh like families are struggling right now, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like, oh how quickly that narrative changed, right? All right, but they don't say what's gonna raise. Well, let's get like, into it. Let's get into it. it. Says while Microsoft was happy to announce no current plans to increase Xbox related prices, even as Meta and PlayStation start to raise their asking prices on hardware, the emph- emphasis there was on current plans. Now, facing a global recession and ever-increasing costs, Phil Spencer is now saying price hikes likely will be coming to services like Xbox Game Pass, no, and to Xbox consoles themselves. That's what he said at a recent uh, Wall Street Journal live event. Quote, I do think at some point we will have to raise the prices on certain things, but going into this holiday, we thought it was important to maintain the prices, end quote. So no last-minute hike for the holidays, but 2023 appears to be fair game. But what exactly would those price increases look like? Well, we have a few examples to look at. If we're talking about the Xbox console themselves, we can look at the PS5 price hikes, which as of yet have not come to the US, but in most regions it was about a 10% or $50 equivalent price hike for the consoles. For some regions, depending on the currency, it was as much as nearly 25%. So if Microsoft follows suit, that would mean we, we could see the Xbox Series S price new at 350 up from 300 The Xbox Series X would go to 550 up from 500 Though again, Sony didn't raise prices in the U.S., and it's unknown if the U.S.-based Microsoft wouldn't either. Microsoft has enough issues in international markets already where upping prices overseas could cause problems, so it may be a bit of a different situation. But overall, I doubt prices will go up any less than in $50 increments as for xbox game pass that's a different story while prices have remained locked for game pass almost since its inception like with all subscription services that seems subject to change especially with current economic conditions spencer recently confirmed that game pass is 10 to 15 percent of microsoft's gaming revenue and is profitable supposedly but what if it was more profitable hence a price increase Xbox Game Pass by itself is $10 a month. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which is the one I have, includes Xbox Live, is $15 a month. Though you can get discounts through bundles. I guess we can use Netflix as a comparison point here, and I'll go with standard Netflix pricing. So he says, so November 2010, Netflix was $8. May 2014, $19. I'm sorry, $9. The next year, October 25th, 2015, $10. Two years later, $11. Two years after that, $13, and now three years later, it's $16. So you can kind of see like the little incremental jumps. It's double what it used to be in 2010 now. It was eight, now it's 16. So yes, Netflix's price has essentially doubled in a little more than a decade, though I suppose the volume of content on the service has increased by way more than that. Still, we can see when price increases do happen, they're incremental, like a frog slowly boiling in water. And there's a little more to the article, but he kind of just goes off like talking about other stuff like YouTube and other services. But um, so yeah, uh, okay, we have two different. I guess we can talk. Uh, well, Game Pass, I think is I think Game Pass is still the best deal, even if they do increase it, just because of the plethora of games you get in that service. Like I love personally, I'm a big proponent of Game Pass, and I think most people are who have the service because it really does feel like value for your buck. 
there's always games coming in. Of course, mm-hmm. games do leave the service, but there's always games coming in. I'm playing uh, Plague Tale Requiem, which if I were to buy that was like $20. No, I'm sorry. It's like $60 on console. I pay like the $15 and it's included in the Game Pass thing. So like I'm saving on that. Um, Johnny, what do you think about the... Do you have any thoughts about Game Pass or Xbox consoles in terms of price increases? Or do you think here in the US we might be immune to those, like how PlayStation has been? What are your global economic... I know you have global economic thoughts, but how do they pertain to this? As far as the Game Pass, I, I really can't say I don't have it. I'm right. not the type of person to jump on those subscriptions. Okay. So what as about far as, go ahead. hardware? Yeah. What about hardware? Do you think it's smart? Good thing is we're not doing it this holiday season, which is probably like the most the busiest time for that, for electronic purchases like globally. So they're saying 2023 is fair game. Maybe it's not going to matter because there's already a lack of these consoles, both the PlayStation and the Xbox. Okay. There's not too many out there in the wild. Right. So them raising the prices. But, but stock is catching up for both. I think at this point, I, I read that at this point, if you order directly from PlayStation's website, like you can, you can now get a PS5, even though you can't find one in store, maybe. Mm-hmm. You can order one now from their website without having to wait for like a special time. Yeah, but it's supply and demand. So if there's very little in, there's high supply, there's low, uh, cost. there's short supply. That it doesn't matter price. if they raise the prices. There's going to be somewhere out, someone out there to purchase the consoles. Right. So, I mean, I, it doesn't really matter. I mean, somebody's going to purchase it, right? Okay. Yeah. So as far as it being a bad plan, no, I don't think it's a bad idea. It's bad for the consumer, of course, but as far as them selling the console, getting it out the door, then... It works out for them. There's this concept in in uh, macroeconomics we call uh, elasticity. Uh-huh. And the la- elasticity is basically how much a price change reflects in terms of demand. So let's say there's a chocolate bar that's like, you know, a dollar. If you raise the chocolate bar's price by 10 cents and then like you lose half of the people who buy them, you would say that that price is very elastic. Like the the change of rate for the cost is does not line up one to one to the change of like consumership right so right here we're talking about how you're saying like probably like in fifty dollar increments it would be interesting to see with the Xbox if like with by upping the price from examples like the S changing three hundred to three fifty is a bigger change than from the X going from five hundred to five hundred fifty right. The, the oh yeah the overall the the fraction I guess you could say the overall percentage changes yeah like if you're buying a car and then you add something that only adds three hundred relative to the total price of the car it's exactly just like, oh, exactly so I'm wondering if they were to do that would because right now they're like the Xbox Series S is touted as like the cheapest entry to current gen right like they they talked about that before and it would be interesting to see if upping those prices would the market drastically change because now that would make the switch the cheapest well not not current gen but the cheapest entry to like video games now in gen in modern games at least so i think i think maybe it makes more sense to raise it on the s you know to from five to 550 no that's the x the x i'm sorry yeah raise it on that to maybe subsidize the s 
because the S to me is like the Trojan horse. You know? Yeah, that's the shit you really that, want. That's to actually get a really home. good point because if you're already spending five hundred, like five, like fifty more on the five hundred isn't is gonna is you're not gonna feel it the same way as three hundred to three fifty. Yeah. So I think you're right. That's a good. That's some good insight. I think you're right. That would be the. And if it subsidizes the S, that Trojan horse is like, well, you got the S. Now you're gonna get on the service, and the service mm-hmm. in the long run is probably gonna end up costing more than those fifty bucks. You know. And then the worst case scenario, you could, if like people complain, like where you can just point out, like, well, the PS5 is now five fifty in other territories now too. So it's like, you would just be matching them at that point, mm-hmm. and 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 like you said, subsidize the lower entry. Yeah, that's a, that makes sense. I mean, I'm not a business major. I don't. My major is history, but like, I think that sounds on 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 the surface that sounds like logical kind of step. So, but uh, yeah, we're feeling we're feeling the crunch all over, on man. The service, if they jump that, how much do you think it'll be? Say that again. The service Ex- game pass. Game you pass. Think it'll go up a buck, two bucks. Uh, if okay, if we use the Netflix model, like like uh, uh Mr. Tassie here showed with the Netflix model about like the. There's like a two dollar incremental change every two years for Game Pass. If they did that, if they did like two dollars, like starting now, and then like that would be like up to like twelve for the basic and seventeen for like when I pay the premium, and then maybe in a few years they do two again. I I like you said, like it's like the frog metaphor, right? Like if you do it gradually, people be kind of become immune to it because like yeah, I remember having Netflix. Back in 2010, I remember exactly when it was. Back when they would send you the CDs in the mail, the DVDs in the mail. And I remember like $8 was like, oh, that's not a big deal. But now like at $16, I'm like, like I don't I don't get the DVDs in the mail anymore. And like, yeah, there's more stuff on Netflix. But like, honestly, if it, went, if it goes any higher, I'm probably just going to drop it at this point. If it goes like to 20, I'm just going to drop it. Because it's at that point, like I'm not benefiting from it as much as I would have. And also, there's other services competing for my attention. Whereas back then, it was just Netflix back then, right? So, so Game Pass, if Game Pass goes up incrementally, even if Game Pass got to $20, I still would keep it. Just because at, at that point, the service that it provides for me is still worth it. But for game, for Netflix, at $20, I would drop it. We, this, we had this talk earlier about our, our preferred... You said 20 bucks a month, though. Huh? For Game Pass, 20 bucks. Yeah. Right now, it's how much? Right now, I pay the 15 one, which is the premium. That's substantial, dude. Yeah. Because if it's twenty bucks a month, and then you add up for the year, it's like, wait a minute, I can just. That's about. The, we've already had this conversation. It's like two hundred and forty. Yeah. A year. Yeah. So it's but how they many... but they offer one eighty. I think for like if you buy the whole year, it's one eighty. Like if you buy the whole year out front of twelve months. Well, I guess it depends on what type of consumer. Because if it was me, and I could save two hundred bucks, it'd be like shit. I'll just wait and not buy day one and get my favorite games for twenty thirty bucks. Yeah, but I like to play a little bit of everything, though. We're just different. You and I are different consumers, different yeah. kinds of consumers, so it's yeah. different. But uh, yeah, we're filling the we're, dude. We're filling the pinch everywhere. I went to buy eggs the other day, and it was like I think six dollars for a carton of eggs. Which, if you buy eggs or not, it might not sound like a lot, but like I remember earlier this year when it was like four or three dollars a carton, which is weird to me because inflation is supposed to be like ten percent. But how do you double the price of eggs? Then it's weird. It's Transport. Really weird. But why would you double? Oh, as far as inflation. Yeah. That doesn't keep up with the rate of inflation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Doubling the price of eggs, Cassie? Like almost tw- double? I don't know. It's weird. But anyways, let's move on to some other news, Johnny. I was going to say transport because of, you know, gasoline. Oh, yeah. Because gas doesn't, yeah, gas doesn't follow inflation. It has its own set of 
rules, economic rules with the global uh, oil, um, what would you call that? Stock shortage, whatever you call it. What do you call it? Reserves. There you go. Reserves. There you go. Johnny, we have a, on a lighter, let's try the lighter side of news from here on out. This article comes from Games Radar, written by Vicky Blake. That sounds like a comic book character, Vicky, Vicky Blake. It says, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater remake rumors swirl again following this strange Morse code message. A video allegedly posted and swiftly deleted by Chinese developer Virtuos has fueled speculation that a formal reveal of the heavily rumored Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater remake will be announced by the end of the year. Although it was seemingly only live for a brief time, the video, which had allegedly been uploaded to the studio's, uh, which, yeah, allegedly been uploaded to the studio's YouTube channel, showed a lush green animated scene with the relaxing sounds of birdsong. Within 17 seconds, however, the video cuts abruptly to black, and the birdsong is replaced by the loud beeping of what appears to be Morse code. It seems Virtuous Metal Gear Solid 3 Remake may be getting announced at the Game Awards. First preview of it. Virtuous themselves uploaded this teaser, but then deleted it, but people saved it. The Morse comes out December 8th. I Oops, sorry, there might volume. So, the Morse code spells out December 8th, which is the day of the Game Awards. Interesting, the green scenery is not bespoke. Someone, somehow, has confirmed that the animation comes from an existing Unreal Engine 5 teaser already published on YouTube. That doesn't, however, explain where the Morse code interruption comes from, but does have some wondering if it all may be just an elaborate hoax. As for what the Morse code says, apparently it states December 8th, 1964, which is interesting for two December 8th is when the Game Awards take place. And an event where many a game and remakes have been announced, of course. And secondly, because 1964 is the year Snake Eater takes place. As is usually the case with this kind of thing, without formal confirmation from Konami or Virtuos, all we can do is take this with a giant skeptical bucket of salt. There are a lot of hoaxes around at the moment. Rumors of Metal Gear Solid publisher Konami was reportedly working on, quote, new installments and remakes for its biggest franchises, end quote, first surfaced last year and then and even then rumor had it that the remasters were being developed in partnership with porting specialist virtuos and then oh downloadable versions of mgs2 and 3 were delisted last year apparently due to licensing issues around historical footage including those games and in july 2022 konami announced that those games would soon resume sales that's it for this article johnny so we were talking about how a lot of the remember the nvidia leak with all these games being announced there was a suikoden one but that turned out to be just a it's a remastering of suikoden one and two there was the um the silent hill one that turned out now we had the silent hill presentation so that ended up being true this one we talked about i think on the last episode last week we just talked about this military solid three was one of those games we're two for three so far. Two for three. I think there's a lot of legitimacy to this rumor. I think this is going to be something we're going to see a month from now. What do you think about this, Johnny? What do you think about Metal Slide 3? What your overall interest and your overall thoughts of this being legit? My interest, I'm kind of mixed, right? Because it's, it's a remaster, which is cool. But I've already played enough of this game. And I sort of want it to be a remake. I'm not that interested in a remaster. 
Okay, but so if when, it's we, a remake, when, when we you, talk about remake, are we talking about like you want it to be like in the veins of like what Resident Evil Two remake was to Resident Evil Two? That's the standard. Resident Evil remakes are the standard. For so you remakes. wanted to kind of mix it up gameplay wise as well, not just graphically. Well, the graphics, of course, right? Of course, got to be in point for a remake. They got to add new sections, maybe sections that they couldn't do on the original one. Okay. Uh, maybe a boss that they didn't implement the first go around. Okay, so you want more than just a reimagining. You want like additional content. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to messing with the story. Just take stuff from the original game that they couldn't implement and then put it into this. I want them to. I want them to but do. It's, but the thing but... is, it's a remake. You can't. It feels weird saying make a remake that was created by Kojima. That just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, obviously this would be without Kojima's involvement, which is, uh, some would almost go as far as to say blasphemous, but I think it's a little, we're, we're not, he's not like a holy man, he's not a prophet, so I'm not going to give him that status, but like, it, it does feel weird to make a remake of a game that so much of its DNA and identity is ingrained in who Kojima is. Yeah. And I do think it would be kind of a disservice, kind of, it'd be like, if you took like the Beatles like one of their albums and it's like we're going to remaster remake the songs on this album with no involvement from Paul McCartney or uh No, you could remaster it. But a remake is different. But oh well, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. A remaster you're just kind of you're just imp- for a remaster for like an album where you be you just eliminate some of the noise, maybe boost up the bass or something, right? A proper remake for Metal Gear Solid 3 cuz I think at this point a remaster wouldn't really fly. I think a proper and we're in remake mode right now this p- past few years. We're not just simply like prettying up past graphics right a proper remake from ogre slide 3 which would require like a the last of us part one like top to top to down bottom whatever you want to call it like full that's a remaster of a remaster that's a remake of a remaster last of us part one yeah the one that came out on ps5 because they had to start from scratch they had to start from scratch it's the same thing same story beats no same enemies yes same locations you're right you're right that pretty much the same gameplay yes you're right but it's still like it's not like you just lifted off the PS4 version, just printed again. Like you have to do all that stuff from scratch again. That doesn't make it a remake. That is a remake, Johnny. If that's not a remake, then what? A remake? Okay, it's semantics. But I yes. don't think that's a remake because a remaster is like an HD remaster of a PS2 game. A remake is like what RE2 is to original RE2, the re- RE2 remake. What? And also extends to The Last of Us Part 1 to what The Last of Us is. Okay? Because you have to start over. Even though, even if nothing really changes, you're still starting over. Even if none of the th- themes or story beats are, are different. Okay, if they took The Last of Us Part 1 from 2013, they made the exact same game today. Is that a remake? Even if it's from ground up. Yeah. Because it's you're not, you're not just up-resing the same stuff. You're creating new animations. It's it's okay. barely a remake. Okay, okay. It's it's okay. this is a conversation for another day. Right. So you would want an extra boss, right? Is what you're saying. Extra yeah, boss, extra sections. But only from the stuff that was originally intended to be there. Okay. I don't know for three if there was. I know Milk Solid 2 had cut content. I know yeah. that did. I don't know if three really did, because it came out with subsistence, uh a version of Metal Gear 3, which just added like a free camera. I think it added like uh, an extra difficulty setting. More weapons. European Extreme. Also. 
I think they added items. I don't think the story or any of the characters change from both from one version to the other, though. All right, let's talk about extended stuff for this game. Uh, whose story would you want to extend? For what boss? Uh, I would have. I would want the end to be the proper boss battle that it was always meant to be that they couldn't do because of PS2 restrictions. Kojima in his uh, I don't know if you've been listening to his brain sequence, his podcast. He talked about this in, I think, like his fourth or fifth episode about how the end, the boss fight with the sniper, the very old sniper, mm-hmm. that boss fight he originally wanted to do was going to be in a far larger area, but he couldn't for PS2 limitations. And also, he wanted that fight to be even longer than what it actually was. He wanted it to be like a proper, like, like one-on-one sniper duel where like it takes you like hours just to get through. I don't know if I necessarily want that. But if they could do that to his vision, I think that would be really cool. Because that's what he originally wanted. And then, like, his people are like, this isn't a good idea. And also, like, we don't have, like, the technical, like, know-how to make a stage that big. So, more open linear type of gameplay. Yeah. Like the, yeah, some of the because, sections for... Um, yeah, because, like, the old one, like, there is there is draw distance issues with, like, fog, like, in the outer edges. Like, when you control the free camera... Like, there's parts of the same area where I kind of like fogged up because you can't see that far mm-hmm. just because of PS2 limitations. So I think they can do what he always wanted, which was, like, big, grandiose, like, sections of the jungle. Uh, there's a part where there's, like, a valley area with, like, the flight with the hovering, like, soldiers on these little, like, hover platforms. Okay. He, I think he mentioned how in one of his interviews how he originally wanted that to, like, look, like, a little more grandiose. So I think they could touch up what they need to do with a proper remake. Um Question is, do you bring back David Hayter to voice Snake again? I'll see why not. The know. fallout was between Kojima and True, Hayter. but I'm just wondering if he would still be willing. Because they've replaced yeah. him since then with Keeper Sutherland. Dude, he then. loves that role. You think he would come back for it? Yeah, I, he's done uh, He's done segments on YouTube where he talks about Dummy Metal Gear. Dummy Thick. Yeah, what is it? Uh, what's, what uh, channel was that? Um, I forgot. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember if it was like... Uh, they got Mega Man on the cover of the channel. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name. It's the Eagle Raptors. I think it's Eagle Raptors channel. I think it's all your gaming something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so he could come back for sure. Probably, I would hope so. So um, I okay. So I want to see what you said. I I would want them to add a little maybe a, f- a few more like Easter eggs just for like the rest of the series, like tie up some kind of like because there's a couple of things that are kind of murky in regards of who the Patriots are and like the philosopher's legacy. Like, if they could, like, add a little more lore or add more documents just to kind of, like, tighten up that narrative, I think I would appreciate that a lot. Uh, i like to see maybe destructible environments. I want to see that for every game. But, like, in the forest, right? You maybe chop like, down a tree and it kills some exploding. enemies. Oh, okay. That type of deal. Uh, some more work on the Shacklehide. Better controls, first of all. And get rid of the annoying, like, passion your... I hated that, the... The we have burns and you have like diseases you have to like treat yourself like that's I I was gonna say maybe something a little more extensive with the hunting like maybe you take a bow this time and then you kill foxes and snakes and then that's what you consume for your health they already did that they did that in but a little bit more oh. to it I just don't want to deal with like oh you broke like now you have to like treat yourself like that was always boring to me like it stops the momentum of the game completely okay so what was the end of it. Uh, you fight the Shagohod, you destroy the Shagohod, then you fight oh, at that base, the boss, right? and you fight the boss in the Field of Flowers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck that boss scene. Make that area bigger. Actually, maybe when you fight Ocelot on that plane, that's just the cutscene. Oh, Make no, that you, do, whole... you do the, the, the twirling with the... 
yeah the Chris but, Triangle and but make that a whole cute, section a, when you're um, on the plane and you're having a battle with Ocelot in it mm-hmm. that'd be great instead of just this shorter condensed cutscene that they have that would be cool okay so yeah I guess there's some tiny like light improvement like life improvement of life kind of like changes yeah that me. doesn't change the story at all yeah 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 alright I hope this is true. I really hope. I feel like it's true, but I don't want to say 100% it is true. There's like, we're two for three, Johnny. We're two for three. I think at this point, it's like 99.9 or 8. I'm like, I'm like the, uh, I'm like the little spray of Lysol, like 99.9% of germs, because I don't, because I'm not going to commit to 100%. There's always that one, that 0.1% chance that I could be wrong. But I think this is like one of those open secrets where like, it's happening, even though it's, quote, not happening. You know what I mean? It's like, yes, but no, right? So, What if this doesn't happen and it's a different Metal Gear? Oh, no, I'd be sad. If it's not this, it better be one. Or if they're going to do two, they better improve two because two is like my least favorite. So I hope it would be a remake of one. Imagine, better yet, do a remake of the Nintendo, of the, of the, the, um, the original Metal Gear. Not solid, the original Metal Gear. What if they made the PSP? Uh, Portable Ops? No, no, no. It wasn't Portable Peace Walker? Peace Walker. Because I never got to play that. Yeah, you can play Peace Walker. It's on, uh, it's on PS3. Well, oh, I'm, ne- I'm never going to go back to it. Oh, okay. Never mind. So. But do you think that game is worthy of a full-fledged remake? Mm-hmm. Compared to the what's existing on the console? You know what? Peace Walker would do pretty well because gameplay-wise, it's very similar to uh, 5. Where you're like, recruiting soldiers and doing all that stuff. Like... The mechanic, like the Fulton recovery of the soldiers, is very similar to Phantom Pain. Mm-hmm. So they could they could remake they could remake that, and it would still like gameplay wise wouldn't need a lot of fixing because it's a pretty it's a pretty good game. Uh, it just it just suffers from control issues because it's on a PSP and stuff. So okay. Anyways, let's move on, Johnny. We're more than halfway through. Let's get to our next story here. Uh, next story comes from VGC Video Games Chronicle, written by Andy Robinson. It says. PlayStation Plus has lost nearly 2 million subscribers since its revamp. One of those subscribers, Johnny, they had lost. Me. I'm one of those who have given up on that. Let's see. Let's get into the article. I, I scrolled way too far. It says, PlayStation Plus subscribers have dropped by nearly 2 million users since the revamp service launched in June. That's according to Sony's latest subscriber estimates, which were published on Tuesday as part of its financial year 2022 quarter, second quarter financial results. The first full quarter since it launched the revamp PS Plus. Despite the revamp, PS Plus subs declined for the third quarter in a row. The total number of subscribers stood at 45.4 million for the three months ended September 30th, 2022, down from 47.3 million in the pre- Oh, it's not that big of a change. I thought it was like drastic. I mean, it's a change, but it's not like as percent-wise, it's like 4%. But anyways, since PlayStation Network monthly active users were also down during the three-month period at 102 million a decline from 104 million a year earlier and 103 million in the previous quarter this appears to be sony's lowest mau figures since it began reporting this data in early 2020 however despite the decline in subscribers sony's network services revenue which encompasses ps plus and advertising but not game purchases or add-on content actually increased by 10 percent from 106 billion yen to 116 billion yen, which represents its best performance to date for a quarter. That means Sony's gaming division is making more money per subscriber than it was before, 
potentially reflecting the uptake of the more expensive subscription tiers introduced by PS Plus. Asked about the decline in an earnings call on Tuesday, Sony CFO Hiroki Totoki, I love how that rhymes, Hiroki Totoki, that's a great alliteration, blamed declining third-party game and PS4 sales and, quote, more people going outdoors, end quote. The exec said he the expert he expects subscriber numbers to recover during the company's next quarter, partly due to the impact of Call of Duty Marvel War II and God of War Ragnarok. Quote, there have been a declining number of members of PlayStation Plus, he said. However, in the second quarter, we renewed our services and there hasn't been a great momentum as a whole. Also, we didn't make aggressive promotions during the second quarter. Quote, therefore, in the future, we're going to have more penetration on PS5 and we are going to have very good titles. In addition, we are able to make better promotions and we think we are able to recover. End quote. He added in a reply to another investor about the PS Plus figures, quote, more people are now going outdoors and we have yet to get out of the negative cycles. PS4 and third-party software sales have also been rather sluggish and sales of catalog titles have also been declining. Against that, PS5 engagement is quite high, so in quarter three, we expect some recovery. We have strong titles from first party, and we have some seasonal effects. So, in quarter three, we can see some recovery from the downturn trend. That is our expectation. Alright, Johnny. So, as someone who did subscribe to the highest tier of PlayStation Plus for like the extra games and stuff, they haven't really been adding anything good last few months since june july august september like they like whatever games they add every month are just kind of like non-consequential like games they're just like like oh harry potter you know lego harry potter and then like uh shoot what was the other one i think they added one of the assassin's creed games which i've already played and like a couple of other stuff that's kind of just been like older stuff and like none of the classic like ps like no ratchet no sly no jack and Dexter, no crash, like nothing that's like that would draw you to these tiers in the first place. So I get, I think I also subscribed back in September, actually. Like I'm just back to the regular basic one, I think, or not September, definitely last month then. But um, yeah, it's they're offering, especially when I already have uh, Game Pass. Like it, there's no point in having both, and Game Pass just does the same thing but better. So. It's on its way out there. Johnny, what do you think about these? Uh, the They made it sound more dramatic in the title. It's like, it lost 2 million users. Like, wow, that sounds like a lot. And it's like, from 47 to 45, I was like, oh. Like, it's like a 4% difference. Like, I mean, it's notable, but not really notable. So, uh, Johnny, what's your, what's your take on this? I mean, what do you think? Do you think they just launched the service prematurely? Or no? Prematurely? Like, what do you mean? Like... Too early Maybe in the, the year? service just isn't polished enough, or they don't have. Well, the... they're not putting like games people actually want on there. I think the only game I have downloaded that oh, actually now I think about it, I didn't get to beat. I didn't get to play Death Stranding when I had it. Damn. Okay, that was like one of the. That was one of the games included in the in the highest tier. That's why. But I did play Stray. Stray was a free game if you had the highest tier. I did play Stray, which would have been like a thirty dollar game separately. Yeah, game so... was amazing. So I got I got that out of the service, I guess. But then, like, that's it. There hasn't been anything else in Stray. So, like, why even keep it? 
So when you say like they launched it too prematurely, like do you mean like too early in the year? Or do you mean like in terms of like software, like they didn't have enough stuff on the storefront? Yeah, stuff on the storefront. Because I was expecting a, a bunch of classics, right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like all the classics on day one, obviously, but maybe two of them. Yeah. So all the crash stuff. Uh, some crash area. Some old um, Resident Evil, but... I mean, do they have the licenses? How does that even work? They can work it out. I doubt there's any studios or developers out there who wouldn't be willing to double dip on older properties. Mm-hmm. I doubt like there's that's an issue. So I'm pretty sure anybody would be willing to like just like, hey, if we're gonna get more money, sure you can renew our license or whatever for this one game or whatever that we haven't touched like in 20 years. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, something adjacent to this. What do you think about PlayStation Stars? I have, okay, so I have PlayStation Stars. It kind of fulfills my uh, the lizard part of my brain that likes to like collect things. I have, I have like most of the current campaigns completed, which was like play a fighting game, play uh, any game for the month, play uh, a game in VR. I played, I think, Resident Evil Seven VR. Uh, it it's not that impre- It's not very impressive at all. It's just kind of there. You get these points for playing games or for completing certain like campaign goals, which are like, I think what, like the fighting one was like play Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter Five this month, and I played Street Fighter Five for probably like ten minutes, and I got the the points for that like stars or whatever, and then like you use the points to buy like these little like trophies. They're like trophies, kind of. They're like they're individualized like figures. So I have a lot of the Ape Escape ones because I'm a big Ape Escape fan. Mm-hmm. But then you put them on a display shelf, which is just like a JPEG like background. Yeah. It's like a JPEG or PDF background with little squares. And you just put the trophies you like. They don't even move, though. They're just there, like static images. Yeah. And it just looks like really like low budget. Like like they didn't really put much thought into it. It's neat. I feel that. I mean, it's just the beginning of it. But I also, don't... it doesn't cost anything. It's free. Like they don't have to do that. So it's it's just... It's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I feel the same way. I mean, it's just the beginning, so I'm not going to hate on it too much. It is a free service, so, you know, how much can you hate on it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the little T-Rex with the bonsai tree. Okay, those are the two. I have those two. That yeah. one's really cool. I wanted to get the uh, Ape Escape stuff. Um, I forgot what the details are on it, but those look really cool. Those are little models. Yeah, because those, if you actually click on them, like, they do kind of, like, move around. Not move around, but they do, like, rotate. And yeah. you get, it's, like, a full... It's not, like, just a picture. It's, like, a full, like, rendered model of something. But when you look at them in your collection, they they don't move. I wish there was better integration of it. I wish, like... Because you can only use it, see it on your on the app, on the PlayStation app. If mm-hmm. they put it, like, on the dashboard on the PS4 or PS5 where, like, you say you go over your friends. And then when you hover over a friend, maybe they show, like, the three top, like they're like uh stars or whatever like and they're like rotating in the backdrop kind of like in the foreground a background sorry and rotating like in the background like actual like not just static images like that would be a cool reason to have that because then when people are going through their friends list there is there's a reason for you to engage to kind of you know pretty up your profile picture kind of thing yeah i thought it was going to have better integration i i didn't think this was just going to be its own separate thing because when you go into stars it's like its own little app, right? Yes. And everything is there. But I thought the integration was going like to be... A, it's like an app within an app. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to be more like like you said. If I have the dinosaur, it'd be nice if you could put it somewhere behind your profile or you could just put it as your damn background. You know? Mm-hmm. You already did the work. 
I mean, it's you have the item. Just let me put it in my background, and it's a dynamic. Yes, there you uh, go. Dynamic, perfect. Yeah, dynamic uh, backdrop. Because you know, like you're going through your friends list, and you see like their trophy level or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, how be cool would it be to at least choose like three things to like pop up or propagate in the background, and just like you know, rotate maybe sparkling or something. Just kind of just something that's like, oh, like so and so has this thing now. Whereas like. No one's going to go – I haven't gone into – I have my friends on there and stuff. But I haven't gone in there to see what they have because it's just like so out of my way. Like why? Yeah. Uh, something that would be really fucking awesome, which would be worth the work, is if they integrate that. Because it's like Sony IPs, right? Right. I have that dinosaur. What if I get to play the next Uncharted? And then I'm in like a cutscene and I see my little dinosaur that I collected <laughs> on, the on, dashboard. The, on the coffee table – while I'm playing with Drake or whatever, right? Or if I collect a little car, I can use that car in Gran Turismo, right? That would be cool. That would be crazy actual applications for it. Yeah. Uh, There's a little tangent too. I wish... That also sounds like a lot more work on their part too. I don't care. I mean, for the no, the developers too making the games, like if they have to... Integrate. But the model already exists. I know, but then they're like, okay, now we have to... Now we have to allow for this thing to be like any model that like the per the player uploads and like it has to like not crash and has to be like integrated. Like it just seems like more hassle on the developer's part, not Sony's part, but on the developer's part. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't care. Like it's <laughs> it's just a little model, dude. It's it's not that much work, really. Um, but yeah, I've wanted this integration in in other games. I've thought about this. Uh, let's say I want to reward. For purchasing the next game in the series, right? Well, they do have that. They, they have, like, right now they have the campaign for, like, if you buy s- very specific games, like, you get, like, all these points just for buying them. No, not like that. Oh. Okay. Um, let's say... Let's say Resident Evil 3 is going to come out, right? And part of the promotion is that you get special items in 3 only if you played Part 1 and 2. So if I play Part 1 and 2... There's little uh, challenges I can do in Resident Evil, sort of like trophies. Mm-hmm. And then once I, I complete the trophy, I get a special gun or I get a special shotgun. I don't get to play with those guns until part three. You get what I'm saying? Oh, okay. So all all these games have synergy. So if you play three, you know, like, oh, shit, like there's a special thing. And I can only play with those items if I play part one and two or mm-hmm. part two. Do you get me? Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's something that carries over to like look forward to for the next. Some games do that though. Like some games like on the PS2 era, like if you had a save file from another game would unlock something in the game you're playing. Well, the best example of this is when you're playing with Psychomancers. Right. You, when your memory, he if, reads your memory card. If you have a Castlevania or another Konami game save. Yeah. He'll comment on that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I want exactly that. That's funny that we had that with that game. And no one has ever done that since then. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? Like how like, th- I mean, that's not true. Some games have like a, I remember, oh, for example, Metal Gear Solid 3, perfect example. Metal Gear Solid 3, if you have a save file from 1 and 2, when they ask you which one's like your favorite game or whatever, I don't know if you remember that part. But there's a part at the game, start of the game, If depending on which one you answer, like it'll give you like an extra item at, like, at the start of the game. So, for example, there's like a if you say, "Oh, Metal Gear Solid Two is my favorite game," and there's a save file Metal Gear Solid Two on the memory card for PS for Metal Gear Solid Three, mm-hmm. you get the the Raiden mask. I don't know if you remember that the Raiden mask, because there's a character Rakovich later on in the game who looks just like Raiden. So if you wear the like, the scientist outfit with Raiden's mask, like the soldiers on base mistake you for him and they kind of like leave you alone. Yeah. So they 
Again, but that's again that's Kojima doing the same thing. He did that with Psycho Madness. He did that again later with Miller Slide Three. So, but no one has really done that kind of. Implement- that's that's why we think fucking Kojima's a legend, dude. No one has like, done that kind of implementation like that. It, in Psycho Madness, also he could read your memory card, but if you took the memory card, he couldn't read your mind anymore, uh-huh. and it'd be harder for him to fight you. Right. Or switching the the, yeah. the controller port. I want to see more integration between games like that. Like when you have special saves. And they transport to a, a, the next game. Like, let's say Death Stranding. You go out of your way to collect a package far, far away, right? Yeah. You don't know what it is. You've just collected it. And then next game, there's a package delivery. And you finally get to figure out what you collected, right? Might be a special costume, a special vehicle, whatever. But that would be so much incentive to for people to buy the a previous game. You know what? Actually, I think about it, there is a game that I, I'm trying to remember which one. It's an RPG, but it was like you can recruit characters in this RPG, but if you had a save file from like another game, you could recruit the main character of that game as one of your like party members. And like the two games are not like in the same series. They're made by the same company, but they're not part of the same like series. So that's an example of where I have seen that happen before, but it's not done enough. I think. Yeah. So, anyway, how do we even start talking about that? Oh, because we're talking about PlayStation, the Star program. Yeah, yeah. All right, last article, Johnny. And this one, uh, oh, I thought I clicked on it. I guess I didn't. So, this one was a one, one of the ones you sent me. Uh, let's get into it. This comes from PlayStationLifestyle.net. Written by Rebecca Smith. It says, EA goes digital only in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. It says, we have stopped. Okay, so this comes from, where is it? Oh, here it goes. EA has announced they will no longer be distributing physical games in German-speaking countries like Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, instead moving to a digital-only model for those markets. The move comes amidst falling revenue from sales of physical games, but the move is still expected to cause a, quote, significant decline in sales, end quote, for this financial year. Sales of physical games have been declining for all companies over the past few years, while digital sales increase at a phenomenal rate. EA is one of these companies and has been gradually shifting its priorities to a digital model. In the latest statement from EA Deutschland, as reported by Games Wirtschaft, these are like German words, the company explained how the shift from physical to digital was having a large impact on sales development, so the team was forced to go through economic restructuring. Quote, the result is that EA will no longer generate sales with packaged goods in German-speaking countries like Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. This is still expected to create... Okay, we read that part already. This doesn't mean physical sales will stop immediately. It Takes Two on Nintendo Switch and Need for Speed Unbound are both due to be released by the end of 2022 and will still be available at retail. There's also the chance that EA may compromise if they find the impact to be too big and find an external distributor to handle physical games in the future. However, this does seem like the first sign of things to come in other regions in the future. Uh, and there's an update at the top of the story. It says, an update, Electronic Arts spokesperson has released a statement refuting the report that EA would be going digital only in certain European countries. Quote, we have not stopped physical distribution of our games in Germany, Austria, or Switzerland, and players will continue to be able to buy our games from retailers across the region. Recent reports saying, uh, Otherwise, are an infactual reflection of disclosures made in EA Germany's statutory financial statements. Okay, so this whole story just happened and also just canceled itself out, basically. Which was a, it was a story you sent me, Johnny. 
<laughs> I thought there was more to it, but okay. So the reporting on this turns out to be not factual, hmm. and it turns out that they say like that that's not true, and like that information came from disclosures, but that were not things that we actually ag- hard agreed on. So that's interesting. This is like the first non-story story we've had ever. <laughs> um, I would have to vet your stories a little closer, Johnny. <laughs> no, I'll send you a story now. I'm winging it sometimes. I know, I know. But it's interesting, though, that they would even have... I mean, okay, I mean, we can still talk about how that's true. Like, physical sales are on the decline. Like, uh, I bought Modern Warfare 2 recently, and I pre-ordered it digitally. The reason for that, though, was because if you pre-order digitally, you got access to the campaign like a week early. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to play the campaign like a week early. So that was the reason why I bought it digitally. Otherwise, I would have just waited till the physical copy. But um, I mean, there's a lot of there's there's just so many pros. When, I mean, physical shelf space. Uh, I think also for the copy for the physical for the physical copy of Modern Warfare Two, people were complaining that there's like very little data on the actual disc. Like less than a gigabyte. In fact, when you insert the disc, it just redirects you to downloading the game digitally. So there's like no, there's just the key. Basically, the disc is just the key. There's no data on the disc other than just the permission, the license to download the game digitally. So if you were to buy the game and wanted to play it offline, you would not be able to. You would have to download the actual game, even though you have the disc. That should be a disclaimer right there. Ah, I see what you did there. Disclaimer. I like that. I like that. But it's like, it's yeah, I mean, for the most part, we've, digital has made way more sense ever since the concept of having to load the game directly onto the hard drive now, right? Because we're, in the PS2 days, it, it would just read the data off the disc when, like, the hard drive, when the data was smaller and easier to read. Now we have, like, gigs and gigs, and, like, the reading, di- the disc reading is just not, up to up to par with the amount of data so now since the ps3 age onward we've been pretty much installing games and the discs themselves have become kind of irrelevant because they're just basically just like keys at this point so do you i know we've brought this up before physical versus digital i'm guessing you still haven't really changed on that stance right no you yeah if we already discussed this you're like you're on the first tier, I'm on the second tier, and you're also on the third tier somehow. <laughs> I'm in more than one place. You know what that means, though, what I'm saying, right? I think you're talking about, like, physical. Physical. You're somewhere in the middle. I own it. And digital, I'm also very digitally. And then, serve, and then just streaming. Game Pass, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is weird. I admit it is weird because, like, I was looking at the games I own, and I'm like, I only have th- three physical PS5 games. Which is Deathloop, Far Cry Six, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Why haven't you traded Deathloop? I, I, it's probably not worth that much, anyways. Now, so yeah, mind. but is it worth playing again? I might pick it up again. I, I I changed my mind a lot, so who knows? But like compared to like last gen, I had a, a whole bunch of PS4 games and even more PS3 games and PS4 games. Mm-hmm. And it's like with each console generation, as digital just becomes way just so much more convenient. I own less and less physical games. I don't know. I don't know what that number would be, but I know it's like a lot. So just something just something to think about. Kind of chew over, mull over. Um, so anyway, Johnny, let's talk about what have you been playing? You go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. 
All right, I'm not gonna lie. I've only been playing Modern Warfare 2 online pretty much. I've just been playing the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. I completed the campaign last time we recorded. I've just been playing multiplayer since probably Thursday of last week. Today's Tuesday. I record. I played pretty much from Thursday till now, just multiplayer online. I keep meaning to go back to Plague Tale Requiem, but I'm like I could just be playing Modern Warfare 2. And I'm playing with my friends, playing with our cousin Brian and some friends and. Like, I haven't been this invested in a Call of Duty game since, like, three years ago. So, it's good to be back in the ecosystem. I have complaints about Modern Warfare 2, especially the online components. Uh, first of all, it has terrible UI. The interface, it is so hard to find what you're looking for on the menu. Like, when you go to customize your class, like, it's sub-menu upon sub-menu upon sub-menu. It is poorly optimized. Everything is hard to find. And the unlocking system, where like you used to unlock guns just by like playing matches and leveling up, now you have to play. You have to use specific guns to unlock other specific guns. So like everything that's in the M4 family, like if you want to use the M16, you got to level up the M4 before you get to the M16. Like you don't, unlock, which is like a variant of the same gun basically. Whereas in old Call of Duty games, you would just get unlock them just by leveling up, like your overall like character level. It's really obtuse. I know they're trying to get people to play more like. They're trying to. They're, what they're trying to do is they're trying to discourage people from just sticking with one, their preferred gun for the entire multiplayer, like experience. They want you to experiment with different guns and be forced to use different attachments and different configurations. But like, it's just very convoluted. It's not very fun. I mean, this, I'm speaking for myself personally. I I I don't like having to invest my time in a gun I don't like to unlock a gun that I might like. I'd rather the game just let me use the gun I want to do that I want to, that I'm good at, and then just unlock all the guns normally. So they completely rehauled the way you unlock attachments. Like attachments used to be like use this gun enough times and you unlock the next attachment and the next attachment. Now it's like use this other gun, a, a completely unrelated gun, get to that level and you unlock the you unlock the next attachment for this other gun instead. And so like I know what they're trying to do. But it's as a consumer, as someone who plays a game, it's not in my benefit. It's in the benefit for them to get people to play other stuff, to enjoy, to kind of like actually try everything. You want to have a, str- a forward like upgrade tree. Yes. Yeah. But it's very convoluted. Like the camos are like, oh, you unlock this camo when you level up this other unrelated gun to this level. And it's like, no, like, dude, like it used to be like your camo will reflect how proficient you were with that specific gun. Like, if you had, like, a gold AK, it's, like, because you unlocked all the other a- camos for the AK. Like, you were, like, really good with the AK. Mm-hmm. But now it's, like, unlock. It's it's so, it's like a web. And it's just so confusing and convoluted. And it's just annoying. Uh, changing, like, your perks and your kill streaks, which are, like, different modifiers. It's so hard to, like, navigate that because. That does sound frustrating. It's not, like, a straight upgrade. It's a horizontal upgrade. Yeah, ver- yeah, yeah. it's not vertical, it's horizontal. And so, like, it used to be just vertical. It used to be very simple, very clean, very clear, like, uh, UI, user interface. It was just, it made sense. And now it's just clutter. It's, like, the opposite of what we're talking about, how things become more minimalistic. This is the opposite problem, where it's, like, submenus within submenus. And it's just, like, like who des- who thought this was a good idea? Who designed it to be this, like, just grading as opposed to like Modern Warfare that came out in 2019, just three years ago, that version, that game, very simple interface, 
everything kind of there's a category for your your attachments you want optics cool here's all the optics that this gun can use these are what it's available you want to unlock it unlock the previous optic for the same gun the exact same gun level up this optic you get the next optic level up mm -hmm. that optic you get the next optic very clean cut very simple you want to switch your magazines for different rounds use the previous magazine like like level that up it was very simple you didn't have to like jump from gun to gun to gun to gun to just try to get one thing and it's just it's just not intuitive so that's like my major complaint another complaint is uh this one's on me though i don't know if maybe i'm just getting older but like this game is hard online because they have the the skill-based matchmaking are you talking about multiplayer yes that's always been the case no How is this different no skill base okay so in past i want to say in the first seven or six cods they didn't have that i don't think they did i'm pretty sure they didn't because i would have good games and bad games randomly in modern War 2 also in modern war for the previous one if you're really good they're gonna match you with other players who are also really good against them and then if you're really good you keep going up and, and it just becomes like hard you you're performing against like the highest tier of players and all of a sudden, like, it just feels like you have you. – I'm used to having like a lot of good games. And now in this mode, I'll have one good game and then I'll have a really bad game because like the next team is like way out of my skill level. And then because I fail, I did bad, they'll adjust it to like an easier one where I do good again. And like – So you've reached your cap. Kind of. But like that wasn't a thing. Before it was just random. Maybe it's latency. Do you have a direct no, connection? No, no, it's a known thing. They talked about it. Like they, they're very conscious that they introduce this mechanic, and it's just it kind of takes the fun out of it because if you want to have good games, that means you have to perform really bad so that to compensate. Like you have to do, have a lot of bad games in a row so you can have a lot of good games. And I know it doesn't make sense. Imagine like everybody's like in a pool and it's like a tier system. That just sounds entitled. That's it's what other like, people are saying. It's like, I should win every other game at least. That's what... Okay, that's the counter argument a lot of people are saying. It's like, like, oh, you're complaining and now you're playing against people who are at your skill level. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, because it used to just be random before. It used to be a, a hodgepodge of whoever was in the lobby was whoever was in the lobby. But now they're very deliberate about who you're playing against. And it's annoying because if you're playing with friends, it only matches to whoever's the host. So let's say you're the best player. I'm not saying I am. But let's say you're the best player in your group of friends. Like, all your friends are going to suffer because of you. If their skill level is not at that level. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it scales to whoever the host is. So what we do now, which is a workaround, is whoever's, like, the least skilled at the game is the host now. And, like, we go in and, like, it's like a workaround. But it's it shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to do all those jumping through hoops just to get a fun game. I know it sounds a title because I heard the argument too, and I'm like, like you're complaining about being on the same skill level when like that sounds fair, right? Yeah, I hate that though. <laughs> I feel like Call of Duty is like my game where like you're looking for the dopamine hit, and you're exactly. just like, where the fuck is it? Like exactly. this isn't fair. Exactly, because it used to be fair, like in the sense like the Joker considers. But it wasn't fair. fair. Like the previous iteration does not seem fair at all. It was fair, Johnny. If you think of it from the Joker's point of view, where randomness is fair, right? Like. It happens to good people, it happens to bad people, and it's fair because it doesn't favor any particular person. You're using the Joker's logic. It only sounds bad when you say it that way, but yes. Because it's fair, Johnny. It is fair. 
No, you're right. It's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a minor complaint. My bigger complaint is the UI, and also just the convolting unlocking system. But also, yeah, yeah, I do. I the game is hard. I think I'm just getting older. I think my reflexes are slowing down. I'm 32 at this point. I think I'm just. I don't have the speed that when I started this series at 18. You know what I'm saying? My reflexes are not as sharp. I'm not like I'm not leaning in and just like like looking like camping and looking for like the smallest like change on screen to start shooting, you know what I mean? I don't play that. I think I just sure, don't play that. Sure, you could say that, but they didn't have this system back in the day either. True. So there's no It could be comparison. both things. It could be both things, honestly. It could be a fact range of factors. It could be that I just favor one particular gun and I'm doing badly because I'm not allowed to play with that one. I mean, I'm allowed to play with that one gun, but if I want to lock everything, I can't just use that one gun, which is always the AK for me. The AK is my go-to in every Call of Duty because that's the one gun that I ha- has predictable recoil. It just goes up vertically and I can just counter it. So I'm pretty accurate. But all the other guns are forcing me to play with are not as fun as the AK. Well, could it be that you didn't play a couple Call of Duties? I skipped, sure, I skipped like two here and there. That's that's relevant, I think. But that was like years ago. I played every Call of Duty for the last five Call of Duty, so. Okay. I The, the last one I skipped was like in 2017. Sorry. Right. But then what, like, what tier level are you? Like, do you think you were top whatever? Like top 10%? My kill death, well, I don't know. It doesn't tell you the percentage. Like, it's not like a top percentile. It doesn't tell you that. It tells you just hard numbers, like. You're ranked this many out of this many players on this system, on this console. But, like, I haven't known that information since, like, I just, I just don't know how you can say, like, if something is fair or not. If you're on the same tier as your peers and then also not know how high a tier that even is. Like, is That's that 5%? True. Is yeah. that 80%? Is There's that... no way of knowing that for sure. Because, okay, you could say it's your age. But at the same time, if you're 5%, what the fuck does your age even matter? Like it seems true, re- irrelevant true. if you're at five percent. I feel it might it might be lanes. I think it's a it's a mixture of different factors. That is a big t- a difference too. Like when I connected my my console directly, it internet. made a massive difference. Mine's on Wi-Fi right now, so that could be it. Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna rewire it because I I'm gonna move everything to my gaming room anyway. So I'm gonna hardwire like Ethernet port. Like mm-hmm. we'll see if that makes it probably will make a difference. I'm sure it will. Because on my on my desktop, like all my Zoom calls on my desktop are like perfect. There's no latency because I am hardwired through the Ethernet cord. But then, say you get a direct connection, and then you don't have as much latency, you're gonna get to that two percent, and you're gonna be like, I'm still dying every other game. Like what the fuck? Yeah, like, what I guess does it make? you're right. I guess it is silly when you can't see from the outside in like where you are on the totem pole. That's uh-huh. true. There's yeah, you're right. I guess I'm just complaining because it's just, I'm just not dominating the way I used to dominate, which is so. What, what that was, was the dopamine hit I would look for, huh? What was the uh, the ratio before? I don't know, but I would consistently be like the top three on my team. Like before, now I'm like lucky if I'm like on average, I'm probably like half half of that halfway. So if there's like eight players, maybe I'm like fourth or fifth. I'm not the worst. I'm never the worst. Are you changing your strategy too? Are you like playing hero? No, I I think I well, I I feel like more okay. So this is like a bigger critique of the game in a way. The map structures have changed drastically. It used to be Call of Duty used to have what we call the three lane system, where like all maps were basically funneled you into either left, right, or middle like alleys. Basically, every map 
in Call of Duty history has had a three lane system. It's like a known kind of gimmick, not gimmick. It's a known like a signature of the series. That's how the maps flow. They they're more experimental this time around where a lot of the maps are either like really open or there's more than three lanes. There's like some some of them have like six lanes, which is just so it's easier to get for a guy to creep up from behind. Yeah, well, not just that, but it's also easier to get lost. There's also um, they've gotten a lot more creative with the equipment, and I, I I haven't adapted. Like they have like these things called shock charges, which like you, it's like a drill you throw at a wall. It drills through the wall and explodes on the other end. Okay, that's completely new. You have to completely change your. Like what used to provide you cover doesn't isn't a guarantee anymore. You used to have like concrete, like oh they can't like blow up. Now they can go through the walls with explosive and ex- detonate on the other so side. So if a guy's quiet and he hears you shooting, thanks for bringing that up. That's another issue. Now everybody's like when you walk or run, even when you walk, your footsteps are loud. So like you could be creeping up on somebody, they'll hear you before you hear them because they're standing still. Mm-hmm. But whenever you walk, I'm someone who doesn't stay in one area for long. I like to walk around and run around a lot. And, like, it's just, like, loud, blah, 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 blah. And I'm pretty sure, like, everybody can hear me when I'm moving. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I'm... And they changed, like, the way the perks are where they used to be, like, you had a, you had ways to counter noise, like, noises. You had, to, you could, like, you had a perk called Ninja, which would, like, silence your footsteps. They don't have that anymore. They got rid of that. So, like, everybody can hear everybody, like, no matter how close you are. And I don't play with a headset. And I think you should, you're supposed to play with the headset. I don't play with a headset. But the headset, you get full 3D sound. I don't. So you're getting it right off the TV. Yeah. Okay. Which isn't ideal for that kind of game, but because I have to be able to hear my phone like a call or something, or I have to be. I live on my own. I have to be aware of my surroundings. Okay. So again, like I said, it's a hodgepodge of factors that individually are minuscule, but add up to big detriment. Big detriment to me altogether. So that's my complaint with the multiplayer. That I'm off my soapbox. That's 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 it. That's all I've been playing. Okay. All right. Uh, I just got through Resident Evil Three again? remake. Remake again. again? Well, I've only got it through. I've only been through it one time before. Yeah. So again. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I thought and this is said... the first time. Is that the first time this year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was it? The first time I played it was twenty last year. Yeah. Twenty twenty. That far back. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it came out twenty twenty. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't want to play it again because I felt like uh, maybe it's a little bit too soon. I'm gonna remember exactly beat by beat what happens. That was my thought too, but that's why I haven't played it because of that same reasoning. Go yeah, ahead. well, I it was pretty much beat by beat, except except it was still fun. That's mm. it. Like the story isn't that intensive. It's not Kojima where it's a fucking two hour uh cinematic right mm. it's it's fairly short and you just think of how cool just think how cool resident Evil would be though if it wasn't two hour cinematic that'd be like uh, the high the highest produced cinematic ever or something <laughs> so i started the, i started the game i started seeing cinematics and i i caught myself like i'm still interested i'm not gonna skip this, this did you story. finish it in one city no because it's a, it's a short game that's why i ask uh, it's not so fun for me i like pacing myself looking for all documents etc it's like a six seven hour game that's what i'm asking yeah i did like eight okay uh so what mode what difficulty did you play on hardcore i knew it okay uh so i, I played in hardcore did you play off a previous save so like did you have stuff carry over or like get points for like unlockables or? i had some points uh the points 
I was just short of getting like infinite ammo for stuff, right? Because you get that. Uh, I don't know what it is. It's it's not a scar. It's not a AR fifteen. Do you remember what the gun is? Yeah, it's uh, it is a variant of the R fifteen, but it's not a. It's it's like a super souped up modified one. It feels heavier than than an AR would feel though. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So there was that. I forgot the name. And then there's a rocket launcher, right? And they're both infinite ammo. And then you have the hot knife where you stab them and they, yes. they turn into fucking fire. I love the hot knife. Yes. They walk around and they're in flames. Uh-huh. Uh, so there was that. That's a great melee weapon early on. Yeah. There's a, I forgot what the hell it was. The it's hot like, knife kind of loses its utility as the game goes on, but it's very useful like in the beginning. Oh, so you did buy it? Yeah. Okay. And then there's a mag, infinite mag. Okay. Uh, tiny gun. Um, I saw a video on, and they said uh, this gun is useless towards the end, even though it's infinite because uh-huh. it's hard to kill big bosses right and there was the the eagle i forgot the special edition guns for both of them uh there there was a few items oh the coins the coins are dope like the defending coin yeah because there's like three type coins there's a defense there's like silver yeah there's defense there's health there's like a melee one and melee yeah yeah yeah. so i bought two i bought first i bought the health one which means you kind of don't have to use health Unless you're on a boss battle. Okay. So I bought one of those. What I would do is I shoot a zombie in the head, drop him, run to him, knife him. A knife, yeah. And he might be down, he might not. But if he bites me, I just got to back up, run, and my health just gradually goes up, right? Yeah, yeah. Or if I'm short on, on ammo, I would just run to him, stab him, he'll bite me. I don't care. <laughs> I fucking run again. And I don't then care. I, I come back for the stabbing. And so... It was fun, like, because the gameplay loop changes, right? That was yeah. my fear, like, oh, this is all going to be the same. So I could have The bought, way you approach each encounter is different. I could have bought the infinite uh, ammo for the guns, mm-hmm. but I was like, fuck, if I bought this AR or this rocket launcher... It's going to trivialize the game. Yeah, I'm just going to yeah. shoot everything with the same gun for the rest of the game. Yeah. That's no fun. Mm-hmm. So I stuck with my regular uh, standard issue gun. The Samurai Age, right? Yeah, I stuck with that. I stuck with my shotgun. I stuck with my knife. And a few more items. Grenades, rocket launcher. Because I wanted some variation in the game. Uh, so I I got through it. I had fun for the most part. Nothing really frustrating. I was able to get to the documentation just slightly faster. Um, having that little coin made a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Um that's kind of it. Is Nemesis any more fear, fearful or less fearful for you now? He's just more of a sponge. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. What's your favorite? Okay, what's your favorite Nemesis encounter? For me, it's the flamethrower one on the roof. I love that one. That one's like really fun for me. Uh, it's more of a cinematic though. Like climbing up the building is cool. He's chasing you. Yeah, I love how the, the, the flames catch you. up. Yeah, yeah, how the flames catch up. up. Yeah, that's like probably. I wouldn't say it's the most memorable. I think it's it's not the most memorable. I think the most memorable for me is a clock tower fight. But yes. it's definitely the one that for me feels the most. Um, I think just tense, just because the flames are catching up to you, and they, that's a good point. And like down, you can see, there's like cracks in the floor, so you can see him coming up and like doing stuff as you're running away from him. Mm-hmm. So I love like how like you'll like pass by a previous area, but from above, and you'll see like the flames coming up, but also like he's like way closer to you now, mm-hmm. and like he's kind. I, I like how he's just doesn't care at all about the zombies. Like he just like pushes them aside or knocks them down or like. 
Like he's just like on a mission. And then, I mean, all the encounters are really de- memorable, but I just love like finding him. He just, I don't know where he just takes out the flamethrower. And then like the way, like he poses right before you get in control of the controls again. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just a really cool set piece. I just love that set piece. Yeah, it's a great piece, but my favorite one from him is when he turns into like the dog thing. And, With like uh, the tattered leather. Yes, yes, yes. It's like a skirt kind of thing yeah, or he's something. A, he's on all fours. He's got running like, around the walls. He's got spikes. Yeah, running around the clock tower. The because it's a uh, how do you describe the the streets there? It's, it's a, a it's like a roundabout. Isn't yeah, it's it? a roundabout. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's cars everywhere. I wish. See, this is the type of thing I want in next generation stuff. If I was there. I would want to be able to shoot at the cars. Like, let's say there's a car that's leaking gasoline. Right. Shoot at the car. Nemesis runs through it, and that causes damage, you know? Yeah, something similar to that, though. You have, like, those mines you put on the walls, which more or less kind of function that way. They, they knock him off. Yeah, but in the original RE3, they did have this element. You could shoot, like, gasoline barrels. Right. Yeah, it's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. There's also... I don't know if it's also in 3 or... They have gas. They have gasoline bo- barrels here, too, but, like, way less of them, though. I don't remember shooting. Remember anymore. early on, like, when there's, like, there's like a couple... Like, outside oh. of that toy store? Yeah, and I remember there's yeah. maybe two barrels yeah. in the whole game. Yeah, less common, but... So, I wanted more. that. I think in 3, the original, they also have, like, these chandeliers that are on fire. Shoot at them. They come down on the zombies. I forgot about that. So I want that type of elemental, I mean, environmental gameplay. Didn't they also have like transformers you can shoot to? I think right, electrical transformers. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Uh, you do have some of that though. Yeah. Like when you see the big head. Uh, oh, the rolling one. The that rolling you can shoot? head. Yeah. Yeah. Right there, there's one of those little transformers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's also maybe only two of those in the game. Again, not a lot of them, but they yeah they do show up. I think they also there's obviously the big one where you go where you have to like clear that electrical plant with all the bugs. And that basically just shocks everything, right? Oh, that's, that's a, right. That's like a story event, though, so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I got to the end. Uh, after, after, yeah, after two, after one, there's really not that much humor, right? Because part one, it's humor, but it's not even intentional. Like, you get the Jill sandwich type of thing. Right. And then part... Master of unlocking. Yeah, yeah. And in part three, there's a, there's like one barely humorous part. I was like, oh, there's a little bit of comedy in this. Carlos used to be funnier in the original. I think he was funnier in the original. I don't remember Carlos in the original. He looks different. He looks different in the original. But he's like the only Umbrella Core service guy that you like that you, that's friendly with Jill. Yeah, I just don't recall what he looks like. He looked that's different. Funny. He didn't have like the messy black hair. Yeah, this like, one looks like Keanu now. Keanu Reeves. Yeah, this yeah. one. Had, he, his alternate outfit though is the original one from the re- original game though, where it's like the comb brown hair, like comb back. Oh, like slick, like what? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was brown hair. It was brown. Uh, so where the hell was I? Oh, I got to the last portion, which was kind of kinematic to me. There's this, you know how at the very end you get your your rail gun. I love the way she poses with it, like the. It's very anime-ish. Yes, it's so cool. Yeah, like she she pulls it back, the camera spins around her. Oh yeah, and the she, camera like, even like, it comes up at an angle, so she like you get like the whole bottom of her like holding the rail. Yeah, gun. exactly. Like it's all heavy. You can see her. Like, like you, you can really see her like trying to hold that shit. You're just up, right? waiting for like that '90s one-liner kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you have the railgun, but uh, this time around, I was able to read more documents than before, right? About how they ordered the special weapon and yeah. everything about the, the railgun. This is my favorite section of Resident Evil for all the games. Like when I get to hit the lab, 
It's oh, the most fascinating okay. shit. Yeah. Like when you get to hit the lab and then those for, like super naked zombies are like yeah, really sh- insanely they're strong. All in the the test tubes or whatever. Like the, oh, the vats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on one side you see nothing but hunters, and the oh. other sides you see nothing but tyrants. And you know what's coming. Yeah. Well, you know what's coming, but right that first section they just let you cross. Until mm-hmm. you do what you're supposed to do on the and next section, back. and you got to return. Yeah. For for that section, I, I think I got hit by three or four hunters at the same time. It's hard, yeah. They swarm you. But I had uh, I had my grenades, because I'm, I'm being very methodical with how much ammo I spend, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty accurate. So I got, I got mines, I got acid, I got fire, I got it all. And I also got my magnum, so I did all right. I got through that part, and then if you go upstairs, there's a little it's, document. It's not, it's not having the weapons is the issue. It's this, it's the spacing that's kind of the issue for me in that section where like you're on a narrow walkway, and there's like four hunters, and you can't really find a, a place to kind of like park. I guess you could say. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? To like kind of corner and like get like a good viewing angle on the rest. Yeah. They kind of swarm you from all sides, and like you're trying to aim, and they just keep interrupting you. Well, the tough part is. You don't have a lot of... With four hunters, three or four, you don't have a lot of time to process, right? Exactly. So you're just fucking blasting. And the thing is with the hunters... <laughs> you're like the Danny DeVito meme. So I just started blasting. <laughs> yeah, so you just pick a direction and you shoot that way, right? Yeah. It's not like follow this guy, aim, land Which is shot. usually what I'm used to. Yeah. But these hunters, they can they can parry. I don't know if you remember that, but they can just... Yeah, there's a melee move you can... Yeah. They can just pull to the fucking side... And you've already launched the grenade, and you, you just lost it. And those grenades go fast. Can't you, like, punch them, right? I think you can punch them. I think right? you can only do it with Carlos. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Jill only has a parry. You're right. Yeah, she has the dodge, like, the perfect dodge. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. So you go upstairs, and then uh, the only comedic part I found was you find this document, and it's talking about the real gun. And it says, I don't remember exactly what the words were, but it's something like Pharaoh's... Uh, Ferros integrated neoplasm generation energy rail or something like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it spells out finger, which is, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, it spells out it spells out finger, and it's funny because like guys, if you if you abbreviate it, right? Is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So so the, one of the the tech guys in there are saying like we need these weapons because if they get loose, we need to be the first line of defense. Like regular we- weaponry, like small arms will have no effect. Yeah, right? yeah. We need the so special. so they come out with this abbreviation, and it's like if these things let loose, you just got to give them the finger. <laughs> so I found that fucking funny. <laughs> and uh, yeah i completed it i got my grade i didn't care about my grade i think i got a i got a b or something that's not bad um so it was definitely worth going through a second playthrough does she, i forgot does she say the same she doesn't say the same line like from the original right or like you want stars i'll give you stars she didn't say that right does she no nah, i don't recall that's that. in the original original three when she finishes, when she delivers like the final blow to the tire to, after uh, to the nemesis, like oh, she does say that. She does she? I forgot. I can. I don't know if it's it. final blow, but it's um. And then it was like in the game. Okay, then you have that skirmish on the rooftop with uh, Carlos and uh, I forgot the guy's name, the bad guy, the Russian dude who ends up being like the head of the Nikolai. Nikolai, there you go. Yeah, I like that one. I felt bad when that one dude died earlier. Ivan, whatever his name was, the guy who was on the on the train the whole time. Yeah, he was. Uh... That guy was cool. I just like how they give Jill like her like her credit. She's like, ah, yeah, like oh, Carlos, like she's uh, she's uh, stars, like special forces or something like that. Like when Car- Carlos doesn't know who she is, but like he does recognize her because they have like the 
They have the dossier on who the stars members are. Uh, maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but it's kind of weird how you got a umbrella team there. Nikolai is a traitor, but Umbrella's trying to find survivors. But they're also kind of useful idiots, right? Yeah. Because Umbrella doesn't tell them the true intent. Only Nikolai knows that true intent. Right. I love that section where you go to the police station and then you finally get revealed like, oh, Umbrella's trying to kill. The police station from 2, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I The reason I love that section, besides all the nostalgia and you, you run across the liquors and all that. Yeah. I love walking into that upstairs room and you see all the computers, but you see that damn jacket on the wall. Do you remember that? It's Claire's, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I love seeing that imagery right there. Imagery right there. Like, she had, like, that angel or whatever on uh-huh. the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, massive nostalgia, nostalgia right there. Um, I think you also find the picture of, like, all the stars members. Isn't it, like, a picture like, Wesker's desk or something? It's in the smaller office, I believe. Oh, okay. I remember there was, like, a picture somewhere where she was, like, all, like, the... The, yeah. like the OG stars. Members. Carlos walks by and she's like, oh, Joe's stars? There you go. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah, that's when he realizes how relevant she is. I'm trying to remember, was that, was that guy that's with him, the, the black guy, was he the original Resident Evil 3? I don't remember. I don't recall. The other, like, Umbrella Security Service guy? No, I don't remember no? if that okay. was part of the team. Yeah, I don't remember either. I, oh, that's one of the parts I do like about Carlos is, is where you have the waves of zombies are trying to defend that one area, the hospital area. Do you remember that? They're just coming in through the windows and through the shutters. From Carlos? Isn't it Carlos' section we're doing that? Or is it, yeah, where Jill's like knocked out and you're like playing as Carlos for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's a part, I'm pretty sure as Carlos, you have to like hold off the waves of zombies that are coming to the hospital. Yeah, right after the hunters, all that. While you're administering like the medicine or whatever to her, uh-huh. I think. I like that section. Because it feels unlike any other part of the rest of the game where you're just encouraged to avoid conflict. There, it's like you have no choice but to face it head on. It's it's especially intense because of the limitations of your controls, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the most fluid controls. It's still sort of tank controls. Right, yeah. Like acquiring targets isn't, yeah. like, isn't and, fluid. Yeah. And you get a, a horde of zombies coming through the window. They're trying to break into Jill's room. Right. Because you've barricaded it with boxes. With boxes and, and whatever you everything. can find. Yeah. And the zombies are trying to get to it. And you got to kill them while also like checking your back. And also, there's a hunter that pops in there. That's right, from the from the ceiling, I think, or something. From the back room, there's there, like a oh, sealed room. That's right. Eventually, he opens it, and you got to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, Fun game. I I love this fucking game. I love this one and the original. People hate on the original. I still like it. I think people hate more on this one than the original, though. I think they because two is consider both the remake and the original is con- has always been considered the better compared to three. Because three very much feels kind of rushed compared to like two feels like a full fledged like story. Uh, I think the complaints for remake of three was because the game just felt short. And short, also, but also it's way more actiony than two is also. But also they cut out the whole clock tower section. You only see it in the boss battle, but before you could go into that section. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So fun for sure. Uh, I played two more things. Just this one short. I played the demo for Resident Evil 7. You know how you get the new third-person mode? Are you talking about Village? Yeah, Village. That's 8. Village eight. is 8. Okay. Uh, 8. Uh-huh. Uh, you play third-person as... What's his name? The it's main not, guy. It's not Ethan, Ethan. is it? Yeah, yeah, it is Ethan. Well, Ethan Winters. Yes, sir. So the demo is for him. I don't think it was anything else. You don't, you don't get to play as her. You don't get to play as Chris. You play as Ethan. Uh... Is the game much more bearable for you now? Uh, kind of mixed. 
actually. Really? Yeah, because okay, because her hangup has always been first person. So okay, sort of. Yeah. So, explain. Explain. So I'm playing with Ethan, right? Mm-hmm. I start off the game, but you know how in first person, when you first start playing the game, you're in this little room and there's a table. And then there's this giant door, and the door is super, super ornate, and it has all this gold trim around it. Oh, the entrance to the castle, right? No, well, you're already in the castle. Oh. Like, you're trapped in the castle. Okay. Like, the very first section. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about, yes. So, so in first person, everything is ornate. You can see the detail of everything. Correct. So, that's still there, but because it's third person, it's a little bit further away. So, that grandeur isn't doesn't feel like it was in first person yeah now that might be because it's the second play through you know maybe so i'm already used to it maybe so there was that like it also also could just be less resource intensive maybe uh okay like it might just be lower res and because they know you're in third person like it's not a big deal maybe could be it could be i just didn't feel that like scale of grandeur okay being in third person also when you're in third person uh the rooms feel much bigger when you're first person so when you're a third person you're trying to run around you feel very claustrophobic Mm. every room that you go to feels much smaller than in the original because they were designed for a first person yeah yeah and it's it's not like it's not also the like the sense of skill just walking around a table just feels a little bit more tedious cumbersome okay yeah Walking down the halls, the halls just feel tinier when you're trying to get away from an enemy. Oh, for sure. It's... Yeah, because now I'm thinking of how that, yeah, the the game, even in first person mode, you're like, you don't really have open spaces other than like maybe like the main audience area of the castle, like the main area where the, where the ladder, where the stairs go and like the, that open area. But other than that, it really is just a game of narrow hallways and small rooms. Mm-hmm. So I can see how that would, I, I mean... From the demo, though, because, of course, there's other parts in the game later on, like uh, the dollhouse and other places where, like, it's a little more open. But if if the whole point is you're trying to avoid enemies in a small, like, hallway, small castle like that, I could see that feeling cumbersome to an extent. Yeah, so when you see, like, the uh, daughter, the first time where you she turns into bats or whatever. The, the, the flies or whatever, yeah. Yeah, in first person... That happens, and then you see like this large opening. But the cutscene does it cutscene happen in first person or the cutscene happen in third person? Third person. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's not as that's interesting. It's not impact as impactful. So when they pull you, when they and they take you down the hallway flying, is that also in third person? Like when they're dragging you down the hallway, like you know when they hang you up and everything. Do you get to that part or no? In the demo. No. Oh, okay, so you don't see that part where they hang you up in. No, I I got to the bottom section where you get into the. You start shooting the ghouls in the dungeons. With the swords? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You start shooting them. That's when I kind of got like, okay, this is enough for me. I get it. You like, get it. Yeah. You get to play for an hour, but I didn't I didn't feel like playing that much. Okay. Um. Also, what it could be, what I'm really trying to say is I, I really didn't enjoy it. The first playthrough around, uh, maybe I enjoyed it because everything is just so brand new, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is a little bit scarier because it's first person and you can see their facial expressions. And yeah, it's like... All that. Yeah. Uh... But playing it in third person was wasn't as pleasant. So it could just be because even if it is in third person, the game is still designed from a first person. That's what I'm saying. Centric. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. This game was very much made for first person. It's nice that they had third person, but personally, I just wouldn't go. Through it's it. not the optimal way of playing. Uh, 
Resident Evil 3 remake felt so much different than this third person, right? Right. So for me, it'd be more comfortable playing as third person, but I just had such a better time playing RE3. Because it's designed. It's made for that. Right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That's that's the entire point of it of this. That's I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that because I would have not I wouldn't have really thought about that. Like just the design philosophy would be so drastically different because of the perspective of the player. I didn't I mean that's something that's kinda obvious, but at the same time not that obvious I would think about, so that's interesting because like you're primarily a first person I'm sorry, you're primarily a third person player, so like I would think this will be your bread and butter. I'm like, oh, for sure, Johnny's gonna play the whole game this way. But like, no, well, that's the thing. Since I already beat the game, there's um, real no need. There's really, I don't feel any need to play it in third person. Gotcha. But if you're like, for, uh, if you have a lot of motion sickness, I think it is worth playing in third person. It's still serviceable. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that was all I want to say for that. Uh, uh, what's her name? She's in third person, so the levels were probably designed for her. Uh, Lady, Lady Dimitrescu? No, no. Uh, what's her name? The daughter. Oh, Rose. Rose. Okay. Yeah. So did, that, you pl- did you play that? No, I didn't get to play that. Oh, okay. But that either. that probably feels similar to a third person, but the design philosophy around her is probably going to feel different. Right. Yeah. I got you. Okay. So, yeah, there's that. I played um a little bit of Cross Out. Have you seen that? I have no. I don't know what that is. Cross Out? What is it? It's free on the, on the PS. But what is it, Johnny? Um, it is sort of like a twist and little, like Mad Max. Okay. So it's kind of cool. I'm trying to like it, but it's a little bit tough because the controls are a little bit too sensitive. When mm-hmm. you turn, Okay. it feels like the back of your car slides a little bit too much. Mm. But you have... And this is a free game on, on PS. You have uh, your vehicle, and you could... You could go into your garage and you could customize your car. You could customize the shit out of it, dude. You could put turrets on the top. Mm-hmm. You could put a cannon on, on the top of your truck. You could slap on fenders. You could slap on a, a grill. You could put spikes on your car. Uh, you could put a back uh, like hitch or whatever. And every part that you put on, it has stats on it. So it'll say uh, armor 6%, 26%. It'll give you the stats for the guns, for the art, for the cannon. Uh, there's a little thing, a device that if you get flipped over, that device will help you flip back. And then there's a upgrade tree. So the upgrade tree, it's very simple. You have, you have um, like drones. You have your machine gun. You have a shotgun. You have cannons. You have uh, miscellaneous weapons. And you can upgrade them all. Uh, and then you go out there in the field. And just like Twisted Metal, you find your target. You shoot out his uh, his uh, tires, his his armor, his guns. You can aim at it. Uh-huh. And it'll just knock off the pieces. And I, in, I sort of enjoy the game except for the driving mechanics of it. But, I mean, until I get... Twist the metal. This is kind of all I got. <laughs> it's, it's like imitate store brand twisted metal. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's got a lot of features. I just feel like it's there could have been more. Like the the idea is is pretty much there. Like there's a, a section where you can you can, there's a community right, so you can upgrade your car and then you can upload it so other people can download your blueprints for the car. Okay. Um, 
Uh, I'm gonna look this up because I'm curious. I want to see what like what the cover art or like what the art style looks like. There's a uh, there's like mini games. Like there's this one mini game where it's a Halloween themed, same levels, but they have decorations for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And then they have a vehicle. They have they have balloons. So you ru- everybody rushes for the balloons. As soon as you touch the balloons, your car is carrying the balloons. And then everybody else is chasing you, trying to get those balloons. So, oh, okay. So, I get so they got to ram you through the side or something. Yeah. And then the balloons transfer. You just have to like hold on to it for as long as you can, right? Yeah. Some of them are king of the hill. Just, you know, one section in the middle. Everybody rushes it. They all fight. Another one is capture the base. Uh, you go to the other person's base. You either kill every, every car or you sit at their base and you win, right? Let's look at this like a metal spider mech. It has, like, legs and a Oh, yeah, there's some crazy shit in there. Some of these things look like a cross between Metal Gear and, like, construction vehicles. Yeah. Interesting. So, what's the... Okay, so, if it's free, what is the monetization on the game? Is it, like, skins or, like, a battle pass or, like, what? You buy parts. You buy guns. You buy... Oh! Upgrade vehicle parts. Um, are they, like... Aesthetics. Are they, paint. like, outrageous or they're pretty reasonable? I didn't check it. Oh. But you get you get free I, stuff. I saw though. the stuff, but I didn't see the prices on it. But you get enough like free stuff, right? It sounds like to like play to at least. Is it just like cosmetic stuff or like like is there any weapons that are super strong that are locked behind a paywall? It's actually, I think it is actually pay to win. Oh, which is it's not bad though. Like every a lot of people are just you go into the lobbies and they kind of match you up to the people that you to the stuff that you have. Oh, okay, so you defeat somebody and you get scrap metal. Then you can upgrade. Um, oh, there's a mobile game, a mobile version of this game, on Android and iOS. That's interesting. Yeah. Probably not the best way to play it, but that's cool that they have that option at all. Yeah. No, it's definitely worth a try if you're if you want a, a combat ve- vehicle or combat. That's what it is. This is cool. It looks like a it looks like a boat on wheels. Have you seen this? There's like a picture of what looks like a boat, and it's lifted on a bed of wheels. Yeah, like the plane one. That one's weird because I've seen people in the field, like, they just made a blueprint. They take it out there, and it only has two wheels. So, if you get behind it, you shoot the back, like, propeller, and that guy's screwed because he only has two wheels left. You get me? <laughs> yeah. So, then I, I saw this guy get shot up, and since he since he only has those two wheels, he's only, he's spinning in circles. <laughs> so, it was poorly designed. Is what yes. Uh, yeah, you can design a shitty car, and then... You end up finding out. There's some crazy ones. There's like, it looks like full on like mechs, but they're just on treads. Like, like an upper body almost mm-hmm. on wheels. This is cool. It looks interesting. I'll, I'll probably check this out at some point. It looks cool. All right. Is that it? Uh, that's all I got. That's more than usual, Johnny. So I'm impressed. Usually you have like one or two. And if you have two, one of them is Fortnite. So <laughs> the fact you didn't mention Fortnite. <sighs> Well, with three games. That's what happens with three games. With three games, that's a new record, sir. That's a new record. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for us tonight. I got to go home and eat and get ready for work tomorrow. So if you've managed to stick this far and listen to us this far, we appreciate it as always. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Our last episode, metric-wise, did really well. Did really well. Like like slightly better than usual, but by, that, by my metrics, it's pretty good. So uh maybe we're on an upswing here hopefully that'd be great so um if you have any questions comments suggestions as always i we encourage you to reach out at our email duosense podcast one word at yahoo.com that again that it 
again, that is duosensepodcast at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also reach us at our Twitter, which is just duosensep, so duosense the word and the letter P uh, at, at, on Twitter. And yeah, reach out to us. Let us know your thoughts, what you've been playing, what you think about anything we've mentioned or want to mention in the future. Uh, that would be great. So I'll read that if there's any. And uh, I think that's it for us tonight, Johnny. I think um, we're going to wrap it up. Do you have any last words of sage, sagacity, sage wisdom? Sagacity. I think that's a word. What the hell is that? I think sag- I, this is like when I try to say rendezvous. Sagacity. And I realize that the word is rendezvous. I think sagacity is a word. Say, say the okay, yeah definition. Sagacity. I don't know if it's pronounced that way. It's spelled that way. Saga. Oh, sagacity is how you say it. The quality of being sagacious or sage-like. So yes, sir, trying to counter call me out on. It wasn't a counter. I just never heard it. Sagacity. Do you have any words of sagacity for us this time, Johnny? Should we be on the lookout for anything? Markets, foods. No, just uh, send us some questions about whatever you're interested in. All right. And that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week and goodbye. Okay, peace.